Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Silver and Gold! Coming to the ring, from parts unknown, the combined weight of 863 pounds, Pickaloaf and Dr. Zong! Bad. Welcome everybody to Silver and Gold. I am the loaf, and with me, Doctor Zom. Phenomenal. Yep. And uh, Josh making his triumphant return after a long hiatus to help us with the grand film this week. Josh, say hello. Hello. Uh, this week we are finally getting to our Cholet review, our epic, well, epic movie, maybe mediocre review. We'll see. Uh, but we'll get to that soon. Gentlemen, how are you? Uh, we'll go in alphabetical order. Josh, how's your couple weeks been? It's been pretty mellow. Uh, sitting around watching movies and playing video games. The life yeah. of a teacher during the summer is awesome. And Zom, uh, you've had a you've had an adventure in here. How's your couple yeah. weeks been? Uh, it was all, it was all right. Uh, lots of uh, some foot and toe trauma at the beach. Uh, oh, jeez. Uh, I I. Uh, Dropped a bottle of Snapple my first day right in the right at the checkout at the grocery store. It was peach flavored, and I don't like peach, so you know, I just dropped it on the floor, and everybody <laughs> stared at me. You don't like peach? I don't like peach. Why did you have it if you don't like peach? Because I just wanted to get some, and it was in the little cooler by the checkout. <laughs> and I reached in, and I thought, well, I'll just get a Snapple. I didn't even want a Snapple; I just want water or something. And I reached in, and I looked at it, and I said, oh, peach, I don't like that. And it just, it's like all of a sudden I started to set it in, to, to put it back, and I forgot that you actually have to hold on to something. <laughs> and it just, it just felt like out of my hand, like I, I, for some reason, like my hand just, I don't know what. And was that every, the foot everybody, trauma? huh? Was that no, the foot trauma? That wasn't, that was a, that was on my hand. Um, the foot trauma was when you go to the beach and you're like, oh man, I just want to go walk on the beach. So I learned my lesson from before where I walked a long way with no shoes on. And if you're not used to going with no shoes, you know, you better at least wear some fucking flip flops or tennis shoes because you're going to get blisters on your feet. So I wore my tennis shoes and I still... (laughs) Got like blood blisters on my heels on both of them. So the whole trip, I walked in the morning and then I walked in the evening for like an hour both times. And I would just have to just be like, fuck it. I came all the way here. I, I have to just fucking <laughs> knuckle up and go. And right at first, it would hurt like hell. But then, you know, after a while. After the blood then, started flowing and it yeah, lubricated your heels. Then I'm in the goddamn fucking apartment. And I went to take a chair out on the deck, uh, the screened-in little deck thing, 
And I walk out there and I fucking hit my second toe. Ooh. And I thought, oh, goddamn. That fucking, that was like, I think that hurt. <laughs> so I turned around to walk back in and I, to go back to go in the bathroom. And, and, and I thought, man, that hurt. And I'm walking, and I'm thinking, oh, I wonder if it's if it's bleeding. I looked, it wasn't bleeding. I got halfway across the carpet, and blood just started pouring out from underneath oh. my toenail. So then oh. I, ha- I was like, oh, my God, i got to get in there. I don't want to fuck the carpet up. And the pillows were horrible. They were real, like, uh, foam, and they were full of air. So even if you laid down on them and got them mashed down good, they would just, like, expand. It was brutal. <laughs> I had a pretty uneventful couple weeks myself. <laughs> Not, nothing like that. I yeah. did not go on any vacations. I bought a couple records and played some old video games and watched a handful of movies, I guess. Uh, work's been meh. It's meh. been hot. Well, it, it's been humid. It got really hot. It got up to like 99 here, which is oh, yeah. weird for early June. And then uh, it's kind of tapered off again, but the humidity's been It was really, really hot like that at the beach. The first day, it was real breezy. And I was like, "Oh, this is this isn't too bad." And um, it got overcast about two o'clock. And I thought it's going to rain. Well, it didn't rain. But then every day after that, it was really hot, like what you said. When I came back, I hit the West Virginia border at I don't know uh, eleven o'clock or noon, and it was only like seventy degrees. And I was like, "Thank God I'm home." <laughs> it's cool. It was cool. It was just you know. Uh, you missed the ma- Las Montañas. Yeah, there you go. All right, so um, we will... Uh, well, Josh, you can go first if uh, you want to talk about any movies you've been watching lately or any any particular games that stand out. <laughs> uh, no. Uh, well, I've, I've been watching the shit out of some movies. Uh, I did go down last uh, Saturday to Austin for a uh, film event. Uh, the, How far is Austin from you? Uh, it's about three and a half hours. Uh, okay. The place that the event actually took place was uh, a little bit closer to me, but I drove down into Austin to meet some friends. Uh, mm. But uh, what it was was the Alamo Draft House was doing one of their rolling road show things where they have an outdoor screening, and they screened Snowpiercer. Ooh. Uh, so we all got on a train and rode like an hour to a slightly further away location uh, <laughs> and uh, sat outside and got eaten by mosquitoes while we watched Snowpiercer. Uh, which was awesome. Nick Reffin Did you happened to be there. Take your shoe off and put it on top of your head. I I I, I was tempted to at the end. Uh, it's a shoe. Uh, so so Nick Reffin was there to introduce. Just out of nowhere, just happened to be there. Wow, nice. So that was neat. And Bong Joon Ho was there. Got some uh, neat tidbits on the movie, and I really enjoyed it. Uh, so that's that's a good one. It's a recommend. You saw that right, jo- uh, right, Zom? Uh, somehow I saw it. Oh, what do you know? I think it actually opened in the theaters here uh, this t- like today, I think. I'm yeah, gonna, well, that's when I saw it, right before the show. <laughs> yeah. It's I opening did. someplace no, it was today. Um, finally watched Wolf Creek, which I liked enough to buy Wolf Creek 2 when I was at the grocery store this morning. Nice. Uh, <laughs> nice grocery store purchase. Yes. And, uh, oh, I saw Runaway Nightmare. Uh, I have days. no idea what that one is. Uh, you guys, are you familiar with Vinegar Syndrome? Yes. Okay. It's it's they just released this like limited edition Blu-ray of this movie I'd never heard of, and that's usually a good thing when it comes to them. So I went ahead and ordered it, 
and it is the most bizarre thing I've seen in a very long time. Nice. Uh, total total eighties shot for no money. Like every actor seems like they're in a different movie. Uh, there is like a female sex cult and pl- platinum heist from the mafia and worm farmers, and it's uh, lots of explosions. Um, it's it's pretty amazing. There's really no way to describe it that makes any sense because it, it doesn't make any sense at any point. But it's awesome. So Runaway Nightmare, something to look for. Runaway Nightmare. I'm going to write that one down. I shall write it down too. Where's a pen? And Dead and Driving. I watched that slightly later that day. I've never seen Dead and Driving before. Nice. Just uh, Runaway Nightmare? I, yes, Runaway Nightmare. Okay. Runaway Nightmare. And, and that, that, uh, that truck jump and Dead and Drive-In. Oh, everything about that movie is so amazing. You've seen that one, Zom? I think so. You should check that one out. That's uh, I wrote them both down. What's his face? Uh, what's the director's name? Uh, Brian Trenchard Smith. Trenchard Smith, yeah. Ah, is it the, what year was that one made? It's it says eighty six. Yeah, yeah Trenchard, because he won't. He will absolutely not talk about anything from his past. He only talks about his new movies, which is what he told me. I was like, okay, <laughs> nice. dude, whatever. Trench this yard. This one's it's it's pretty gnarly. Uh, as a fan of those, uh, you know, any sort of '80s Australian action comedy, exploitation movies, it's it's pretty nuts. Never a dull moment. Lots of lots of good bonus racism in there too. So that's nice. Yes. Oh yeah. Oh huh. Racism, I thrive on it. Or as Gary Oldman would say, just, That's, you know, take, oh, the, yeah. take the joke. Oldman. It's just a uh, joke. Uh, Mel just, it was just a joke. I watched a whole lot of shit, but that was the good stuff. Okay. Oh, oh no. <laughs> Zom, what have you been watching? I know you you probably got a, a, quite a few in. Not a lot. Not a lot oh. at all. I was, uh, you know, I don't know. Um, I watched a short. Well, I I left out uh, probably three or four because it's just shit. Uh, I mean, you know, shit that we went uh, like Transporter Three, Swordfish, Halle Berry was fucking hot as hell in that. John Travolta was ridiculous looking. Hugh Jackman was skinny, uh, which I'll get to here in a minute. Um, uh, this was a uh, I think an Academy Award winning short, which is on iTunes called Six Shooter from two thousand four, directed by Martin McDonough. And uh, it stars Brandon Gleason, and it is fucking worth your watch. It is funny. Uh, Brandon Gleason's awesome. I feel like I saw him in something this week. Let me go through my list while you're going. I watched a movie called Original Gangster, or also known as Full English Breakfast. And it says at the top of the box art, the British Scarface. Well, let me tell you something, people. This was a fucking turd times 10. <laughs> um, it was directed by, and written by Manish Patel. Uh, and it stars a guy named Dave Courtney. Well, apparently Dave Courtney is um, a real-life gangster from like the era of the craze in Great Britain. And there is some speculation that uh, – because he's written some books – and then in some movies that he kind of uh, over 
exaggerates uh, how big he was at that time, and mm. it's fucking horrible. I mean, it's just <laughs> awful. Don't don't even waste your time. Forget I even just said that about this. Even that I mentioned this movie. What, what, what are we talking about? I can't. Uh, I don't remember. Yeah. Um, while I was at the bitch, um, there are two <laughs> places down there. Um, oh, let me see. Uh, well, actually, uh, did you do any shrimping down there this time? Toe shrimping with my bloody <laughs> my bloody toe. Uh, there's a uh, when it was, you know, most of the places where there's anything to do are outside. So when you're completely and totally exhausted from the sun, you know, uh, the last thing I wanted to do was go walk around outside. So there's a mall there which has a um, a nice theater, and then they have a um, a uh, like a used game, uh, comics uh, and DVD uh, store, which is the place where I bought a whole bunch of old wrestling magazines nice. uh, two years ago when I was there. They still had the box there, and they had a few wrestling magazines, but um, they weren't like really old. There were stuff that I already had. But anyway, I bought some DVDs. Um, the one that I watched, or one of the ones that I watched, was uh, the Sicilian from 1987 which was directed by Michael Cimino uh, of Deer Hunter fame and uh, You're the Dragon. And it was written by Mar- Mario Puzo. But for some reason, there was some kind of a conflict because in the novel, they actually have um, – like Michael Corleone is actually in the novel. But uh, they agreed to let whoever bought the rights to this make it. But because of The Godfather being huge, they couldn't uh, – use the name like Michael Corleone or whatever. So they had to cut it out. And at one point, it's a true story of uh, this guy who was a, um, a, uh, like a bandit uh, and a revolutionary in Sicily named Salvatore Giuliano. And, uh, but in one part they were, they just, they said, uh, we have one of our friends from New York who's helped us out before that's coming over to help you. John Turturro's in it. There's a whole lot of people in it that uh, you'll recognize their faces. Um, if you watch anything with Chimino, you you know that it's going to be slow-paced and, you know, but it, I actually liked it. The first time I saw it, which is when mm-hmm. it came out, I was like, man, this is a turd because, you know, you expected The Godfather <laughs> and, you know, um, Coppola directed that and everything. And they cast um, Christopher Lambert as uh, Salvatore Giuliano, which is kind of weird. He's, you know, he was really big at this time because of mm-hmm. Highlander and everything. Uh, but it's still, it's it's a good movie, you know. I mean, it's not for everybody. Terrence Stamps in it, too. Uh, let's see. I figure some people will watch it and think it is slow and ponderous. There is a uh, an uh, an Italian movie called Salvatore Giuliano, which is really fucking good. It's in black and white, and it's done in a documentary kind of style. Uh, but I also bought uh, Killing Them Softly from 2012 with Brad Pitt and Ray Liotta and James Gandolfini, and I like this one way more this time than when I first saw it. I like that one. Uh, yeah, it was really good. Let's see. And getting to see uh, Gandolfini, you know, do his thing uh, was, you know, and Pitt was excellent. And that fucking trailer for that movie, uh, Fury, that he's got coming out, man, that looks good. But you don't watch trailers, so you. I got to avoid the trailers. I, yes. the, the poster looked cool, though. <laughs> now, you know, I hate Shia LaBeouf, who just got arrested last night. Uh, 
at Studio 54, by the way. And uh, I still want to watch this movie, even though he's in it. Um, I watched Edge of Tomorrow 2014 with uh, Tommy Cruise and Emily Blunt's ass. And I watched that as well. Bill Paxton, who I did not know was in it and who was excellent. Oh, God, she's got a... <laughs> um, this was... I thought it was good. I watched it at the beach. Uh, yep. You know, it was one of those things where just get out of the sun, go see a movie. Emily Blunt's ass. Check it out. Uh, yeah, I, I, I enjoyed that one quite a bit. Uh, I... The the it's not really a spoiler, but the um, it's an app description to say it's like sci-fi action Groundhog's Day, mm-hmm. same same kind of thing, uh, f- fate and repeating there was a, a day. Part and I of it, it, and I for, since we haven't really talked that, since I come back, uh, that I want to ask you about, and I'm going to make a note and we'll talk about it off air. Okay. Uh, okay. Edge of this is good quality um, podcasting. Good radio right here. Yeah, good radio. Um, Now, I learned something, uh, because I haven't went to the theater in a long time. uh, When I went to see Edge of Tomorrow, and say it said it started at uh, 1 o'clock. Well, I learned that if a movie starts at 1 o'clock, you can pretty much go at one thirty. And the previews will still be going on. Oh, my God. Yours had, like, uh, so I don't get that all the time, but I saw that movie on a on a lark yeah. one night and I had to work the next morning and I was like oh 830 I can do that yeah. and I thought it would be done I thought it was going to be over two hours for one and uh, luckily it wasn't but I get there at 825 uh, and at 830 they started playing the fucking like concessions trailers like they're telling me to go buy <laughs> M&M's and shit I'm like oh, okay and seriously it took almost 30 minutes for yeah the movie itself to start. I'm like, I, I haven't experienced that in a long time. I'm, I mean, I don't know. And, and for me, every trailer that they showed, the only they, they showed one for a James Brown uh, biopic that's coming out, but every single trailer other than that one was so loud, so it was those roller coaster rides, summer movies, and they cranked the volume up so loud, my teeth were fucking rattling. And I was like, this is ridiculous. <laughs> okay, but what I learned from that was, I actually, the movie I went to see the first day that I went to see a movie was X-Men Days of Future Past. But when I got there, the sign, it was like, it said it didn't start till 3.45. And I'm like, well, this fucking sucks. So the next day when I came back, I noticed that it started at 12.45, but once the movie had started, or once it was past the time, the start time that they have, they kind of fade that out. So the next day when I went, I was like, you know, shit, it was almost, um, I don't know, 15 after one. And I said, I want, you know, a ticket for the X-Men movie that's already started. I went in and I still watched two previews and got to watch the whole movie. So I watched <laughs> X-Men Days of Future Past from 2014, Brian Singer. Now... This movie, uh, it has some good parts in it. It's not horrible, Uh-oh. but I, I liked Fastbender. There was a part on an, uh, uh, on, on an airplane where it was just like, holy shit, man, this is good. But Beast looks, still looked like shit. Uh, <laughs> he, he looked a little bit different than the first time when he was blue and hairy, but it was, he still looked like shit. Uh, Fastbender is so jacked up in this fucking movie. You want to talk about Stallone in like uh, Get Carter or whatever, where he's got those giant veins that go all like across mm-hmm. his chest <laughs> and big veins across his stomach, like places where you sh- shouldn't see veins. All right. 
fucking um, Hugh Jackman in this goddamn movie. The first time you see him, you're like, Jesus fucking Christ, Jackman. What the fuck? Did they, I mean, like, I'm going to shoot this scene, so just fill me full of every steroid you can fucking possibly find. And you get to see his ass naked, so. Anyway, yeah, oh, it's wait. it's all right. It's it's uh, it was no Avengers and it was uh, no Captain America. Whatever, it was okay. Uh, let's go see it. Hmm. Uh, the next thing I watched uh, was Pain and Gain from 2013. Fucking hated it. I don't want to. Oh, I hate, dude. I hated that fucking movie. It was dumb <laughs> as shit. Uh, I just hated it. I don't know yeah. what to talk about. Is that your Wahlberg bias coming out? No, there? it just I just. It w- it wasn't him as much as it just was. I hated it. <laughs> did you like Did you like the Rock in it? I like the Rock in it. <sighs> I hated it. <laughs> um, now this movie I loved, and I'm tra- championing it <laughs> done. to the point that I have posted the actual movie on my page, on our page. On Gentleman's Guide's page, and I think on Feminine <laughs> Critique, it's uh, from 2013. It's called Bethlehem. Mm-hmm. Uh, it is on iTunes under the indie section. It's a new one, and it was directed by Yuval Adler and written by him. It's a uh, it's an Israeli movie. Fucking check it out. It's good. Uh, I watched RoboCop from 2014 uh, by Hode Padiha. Uh, I guess uh, this stars uh, some people I didn't know was in it, like Gary Oldman and uh, Michael Keaton and Jack Earl Healy. Uh, <laughs> Jack. Jack. Uh, and uh, Joel Kinnaman, who was in The Killing uh, on TV. It's nowhere near as good as the first one uh, with uh, Peter Weller and Clarence Boddicker and all that shit. Not even close. Uh, they just kind of got it wrong mm. it's just too much uh too much just shoot 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 action 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 shoot 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 with uh it didn't have enough uh didn't have enough stuff uh watch willow creek from 2013 which was directed and written by bobcat goldthwaite and i posted what i felt about this on the group which is i'm telling you it's just they just remade Blair Witch Project and and they were after trying to get catch Bigfoot and, or uh, you know talk, do a documentary about Bigfoot instead of Blair Witch. Exact same shit. Everything. I mean everything. It was stupid. Uh, watched a movie called Concussion from 2013, uh, directed, written and directed by Stacy Passon or Passon. Uh, now this I was watching this movie the entire time. And I was thinking, who the fuck is this woman in the lead? Uh, basically, it's a a uh, like a average milf kind of uh, woman next door, mm-hmm. and she's in a relationship that's kind of dull and boring, and blah 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 blah. And she becomes a um, an escort. Uh, but it's good. It's it's not like a it's not like a porn movie or softcore or anything like that. It's more than that. Uh, but the woman that starred in it that I kept thinking, who the fuck is this? Played Calamity Jane in Deadwood on HBO, and they made her look so gross and ugly in that movie or that TV show uh, that she's unrecognizable. But when you watch this, you know she's like, oh, she's not too bad. And uh, the main chick that plays Tara 
on Sons of Anarchy is in it. Um, it was good. It wasn't great, but you know, mm. another indie from iTunes. That's all I have. Pretty much. That's a good good couple weeks. Yeah. Um, I saw. I don't remember why I watched this. But turned on Never Ending Story. Um, Josh, I can't remember if you and I talked about this. I feel like I talked about going to get it at a video store recently on our show, but I don't think you talked about it because I listened to that show. I don't remember when that was, but I I used to, uh, I, I used to rent this all the time. We may have talked about this, it off off air. Maybe that's what it was at, at this tiny little video store at, when my aunt was one of was my my, my aunt was my babysitter for the first uh, for the first half of my zero to tens before my grandmother took over and we would rent this movie. Uh, I guess when I would still go over there from time to time, but um, it's still, I mean, I like the, I, I like that it feels, uh, you know, I wouldn't have noticed this when I was a kid. I like that it feels German. It is, I mean, it is a German movie, but it fe- it feels like a very European movie, which is kind of neat. Um, Wait, in that never ending story. Yeah. Isn't that what we're going to review today? Yeah. No, go ahead. I'm just kidding. Waka waka. Um, the um, I I I'm curious to read the book because I read the that this movie is only like the first half of the book that it's based on, mm-hmm. um, and the that the uh, the writer of the book was none too happy about them making the second one and blah 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 and kind of disregarding his story altogether but anyway uh because the second one has nothing to do with the book but still good um let's see edge of tomorrow we talked about i like that one a lot uh let's see i watched (laughs) oh i'm not gonna say anything about a jock strap (laughs) um i (laughs) that you talking about the fat guy he was funny (laughs) (laughs) i'd like to just know who came up with that concept because it definitely was a highlight of the of the movie for me. Did you did you go see it, Josh? I have not. No. Okay. It's, okay. It's, it's Wear a jockstrap when you go see it. <laughs> Why would I? Um, yeah, a go. couple weeks ago, uh, Beginners, the movie Beginners, was on sale on uh, iTunes, so I picked that up. That's the Mike Mills directed, Ewan McGregor, Christopher Plummer, hmm. and then Melanie Laurent, who is super lovable and hot in the movie. Uh, this is a really good movie, and I cry every time I watch the damn thing. Um, good dog action. It has, have, yeah, the dog gets me, and uh, the whole dad shit and dying, and it's <laughs> it's a it's a heavy movie. It's it's really good though. It's well done um, for for a rather st- simple story. So it's uh it's cute. I like it a lot. And now I own it. Um, I watched finally. Uh, Let's see if so I can pronounce this one. Gyakushu Satsujin Ken, or The Street Fighter's Last Revenge. Uh, this is the third third Street Fighter movie. Is this like, and, th- is it connected to the Jean-Claude Van Damme movie? Yes, definitely. Okay. Really? Yeah. No? No. Oh, this is Sonny Chiba. Sonny Chiba, yes. Okay, this, Jesus. This, Sorry. In this one, Chiba fights a... I was actually uh, not trying to be stupid, <laughs> but, I, but I was. <laughs> what do you even know? Do you know? Um, I love the Van Damme movie. Chiba is fucking awesome. Um, he fights a dude that looks like a mariachi member who f- shoots lasers out of his chops. <laughs> nice. Um, <laughs> I loved it. I mean, I, did, I still like the first one the best. This one's a little silly. I did like it better than the second one. Um, 
And Rico Rico Ike is in this and shows her tits, of course. Yay. Hey Yay. Um it's good. Uh and it's short. You can get through it quick. Um it gets ridiculous. I I, I missed the three D stuff that they did in the first one. I wish they would do that where he would punch somebody and you saw the dude's head cave in, but <laughs> uh Chiba's still awesome. What now? <laughs> yeah. I I, I don't want to be political because I heard that that turns people off. Yeah, <laughs> maybe we should maybe we should cut our show down to an hour. Um, I watched <laughs> Samurai Cop for the four hundredth time, um, and saw that my, Matt Hannon <laughs> posted a video that he is in fact still alive. You should let your hair grow out like that. <laughs> I don't know if I can. I've I've used to grow my hair. I never cut it, and it stopped at about my shoulders. Yeah. I'm I telling had, you what, I, that fucker had pretty hair, and I'm not. I'm heterosexual. I'll tell you what he still has. Good, he still has the exact same long hair. Really, he, he looks older, but that's about it. He's still ripped. He still has long hair, and he seemed pissed that everybody think, thought he was dead. <laughs> <laughs> is he still? Well, I wonder how old he is now. Probably in his sixties. Uh, he looks fifties. He said he was fifty-two or fifty or something. Okay, yeah. So yeah, I mean, it's still Samurai Cop is still Samurai Cop. <laughs> so. <laughs> Good old Zadar. Zadar. Um, Zadar. Let's see. I, I rewatched Blackfish. It still angers me. I, I'll talk to a guy at work. Now, this guy I work with. He worked at is, fucking Waterworld. Or what? Yeah. So, it's and he not told that me movie, bad. And he told me the movie was bullshit and that some of the people in it never worked with whales. But then I watched this again. I'm like, I don't understand what about this couldn't be bullshit. It's not like they're... Well, he's like probably one of those guys that works at Exxon and tells you that, oh, it's you know, they're not that bad. I don't know why. A bit like he doesn't work there anymore. So what? Uh, he has nothing to lose. Dude, I, don't know. I know a guy. Now, th- this is this is this shows you how people are. They did the uh, GM recall because the ignition switch would just shut off while you're driving down the road. It disabled the airbags and everything. People would wreck their cars and they get killed. I, I work with a guy. He drives. He's had two Chevy Cobalts, which were the ones that got recalled. Mm-hmm. And he defends the shit out. Of, oh, there's nothing wrong with those cars. <laughs> I'm like, just because you drive the car and you didn't have any problems, it there was a fuck. People got killed. Oh, it was only like 13 people. And I'm like, <laughs> well, Jesus Christ. You know, so some people are like that. Yeah. Like some people that work at Apple. And, the, and this guy's super. <laughs> I mean, like, I. This guy is one of the nicest guys I've known there, uh, you know, and uh, as I watch it again, I'm like, I really don't see where, I mean, maybe a, a few places, but, you know, the stuff about talking about whales living to a certain age and, the, you know, that they feel like it could be, you know, uh, mental illness due to the fact that they're in a closed space. I mean, it doesn't well, sound even, like even bullshit to me. No matter what he says, you cannot deny that them going out and catching these fucking wild animals and then just keeping them. Oh, it's it's brutal. Yeah. And these There's poor no things denying. screaming for their babies and ugh. Look at fucking uh, Orca when they hung the mother upside down and the little baby <laughs> fell Goddamn whale abortions. Yeah, and the fucking Richard Harris is just like squirted off with the hose. <laughs> <laughs> that fucking thing was screaming. Uh, I watched. Never forgot. I watched JCVD mm-hmm. again. I bought this on iTunes. That was on sale. Nice. Um, and I got teary during the monologue again. <laughs> it gets me. I feel sorry for the guy. Um, I shouldn't. He's probably still loaded. But whatever. He's done more coke and bang more quiff than you'll ever do in your life. Now I'm feeling sorry How for myself. Be unhappy. Yeah, fuck yeah, him. Yeah, you should be depressed, not him. Fuck that movie. Um, no, I, 
right now. So I've made I made the wall. Yeah, <laughs> I made the decision to start purchasing some uh, Amazon fil- films as well on digital um, because Amazon has ha- they updated their apps on the mobile devices that now let you stream to Apple TV from nice. your. So uh, they still don't have an Amazon app on the Apple TV, but you can stream it off your phone or whatever to the Apple TV. So I, pu- I picked up a couple because um, I have this app called Kino Hunt, and if you're ever, if you got if you buy digital movies, I recommend it. You will you are it, it's basically like App Shopper or something, but for movies, it shows you digital movies that are on sale either on Amazon or iTunes. And Perks of Being a Wallflower was one of the movies on sale on Amazon. It was like eight bucks. So I picked that one up. I'd seen this in the theater. I still really like it. Um, watched it again. Um, and I, I avoided it until it mit- hit the dollar theater and enough friends told me that it was actually good because I thought it was just kind of like a, I don't know, I thought it was going to be some teeny, yeah. you know, romantic comedy bullshit. And it wasn't at all. And it's still, I mean, it's still, still like it. When you said that, you said perks of being a wallflower. I thought you were going to say perks of being a wallflower is I got it at half price. <laughs> I didn't know you were talking about a fucking movie. Yes, yes, I got I got perks of being a wallflower. Still uh, not not read the book, but um, movie's still good. Uh, then one that's not good, uh, Machete Kills. <sighs> First half, I was all in. Well, yes, but when he gets to the wall and with the big car, with the uh, with the Mad Max car, um, it lost me. And but, I even tr- but there is a gun that turns people inside out. That was pretty cool. Uh, I mean, it was a little ridiculous, but and that was my problem with it is that it got too silly. I know and, it's just me, but when Mel Gibson is on in a movie now and he's trying to be like crazy and funny, it makes me want to fucking throw up. I fucking hate that <laughs> motherfucker. I just, I'm I, sorry. I mean, I, I watched some of his, I, I, and I like um, Apocalypto, he's not in it. So I can watch that and be like, man, that was really good or whatever. But when I see his face and I just see him like making this goofy Three Stooges kind of like he's so clever and so smart. And I just think this motherfucker. (laughs) I um, Whatever. I'm sorry. uh, I I, I even tried to enhance the second half, quote unquote, enhance. And it it still didn't work for me all that. It was was fine. I I didn't. uh, Do you find Lady Gaga attractive? It depends on the angle. <laughs> like, I mean, if the angle was uh, the back of her head with your dick. Yeah, yeah, okay, I can, yeah, yeah, sure. Um, I'm just the, some making stuff up now. No, the, but um, I, I don't know about her. Have you ever joke, heard people say that they thought she was a boy? Yeah, she just got. That's she not just, true, She's she just got a lot of a lot of business down there. Oh, um, oh, really? She's got a big one. A yeah. big what? Clitoris. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, from what I hear. Good the, for her. The, yeah. Hey, man. <laughs> more, whatever. More to, more to rub on. The, uh, but, I don't know. The, the, the joke of the second half kind of, yeah. Kind of works for a while. Yeah. Yeah. Um, let's see. And I, I watched another Trejo movie, uh, Bullet from 2014. This was also kind of a turd. <laughs> um, this had the guy from Breaking Bad in it, Jonathan Banks. I liked him in it. Um, eh, it's direct to video. It's eh, that's all right. Then I watched one that was worse, Maximum <laughs> Conviction on Netflix. This is all, they're both on Netflix. This has Stone Cold and Steven Seagal and Michael Pere, who might be the only decent. My part of friends the movie. and I literally, if there was ten of us watching this, we all literally 
burst out laughing when Seagal showed up in his tactical gear with his head, hat turned around backwards <laughs> and this big shooting glass on. His vest, his flak jacket, uh, bulletproof vest, stuck out so far because his belly's so big. See, I'm wondering it's like Charlie if he, Brown or something. He looks. I kind of wondered if he wore that if he because it seems like he he might wear that often in his movies now. And I, I well, feel he's like, like he's weird. trying to hide something yeah, with it. Like that's what we said. He's trying to hide his big gut by wearing that, but it made it look worse. And I I gotta say I liked Stone Cold a lot better than Seagal in this movie because Stone Cold actually sold shit. Yeah, he even got kicked. He even got his ass kicked by a woman, and Seagal never even get hit, got hit once in the whole fucking thing. Oh, he was sold fucking awesome. Nothing. He still looks fucking young, and I mean, you know, I'm yeah. gay for parade. Yeah, I yeah. actually I I have to I have to con- I will uh, say uh, I got a Force of Execution. Uh, did you see that one? Uh-uh. Uh, Steven Seagal is, is a, a Mexican drug lord. And, nice. Uh, uh, and I actually got offered uh, just, you know, the way they do when they when they put these things out on DVD and they send you a copy to review, they'll send you know, a million emails reminding you they've sent it to you. And one of the ones they sent was an offer to interview Steven Seagal, and I just didn't have the time. And I, oh. <laughs> He did it. He did do a good accent, a good Tennessee accent, which made me laugh. <laughs> he'd like you, he'd be like you'd ask him a question, and he'd be like, "Hey, let me see your wrist," and then fucking like <laughs> bend your arm and be, and you know, and then just sit there with like a look on his face, like he doesn't, he's not even doing anything. You're like, "What the fuck?" I can just he, see he would be a jerk. <laughs> he'd be the kind of guy in gym class that would get you down and like twist your neck. Yeah, he uh, he he would probably no sell your interview yeah. somehow. Why, um, why are you hitting yourself? He'd take your hand and make you hit yourself in the face. <laughs> the only other thing I watched was La Dama Rosa Uccide Sette Volte, or The Lady in Red Kills Seven Times, or The Red Queen Kills Seven Times. Uh, this has Babs Boucher and <clears throat> Sybil Danning, <clears throat> and uh, it was good. A little, little uh, giallo action takes place in a castle. Do they have a There's, scene together? They, they are related, so they do not. Oh. Um, they are they are cousins. That would have been even better if they would have and they were cousins. Uh, you know what? Maybe not. Actually, they're not cousins. Uh, it's uh, another blonde chick that I kept getting confused with, Sybil Danning, who was hot also. I gotta watch some um, hot Nazi exploitation. I almost <laughs> talked about Mel Gibson's making me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this is pretty good. Um, uh, Boucher does show it once, mm-hmm. but it, unfortunately, is it is during a rape scene. Um, and, yeah, but her rape scenes are not like uh, <laughs> fucking irreversible rape scenes. No, no, they're not. The um, yeah, there's some there's some nudity and some uh, some no black no black gloves, but the the red queen is pretty creepy looking. I'm glad you said gloves. Yes, and uh, <laughs> the um, but it's a, it's a fun little fun little movie, and uh, it kept me guessing till the end. I was like, I, I thought I had it. I was very close. I thought I figured it out, but I couldn't didn't quite get all the way there. Um, so yeah, check that one out. Uh, and that's all I watched. Yay! So let's take a break and we don't have to decide what we're reviewing first. We'll discuss the first half, I suppose. We'll do it like we did last time of Cholet. We'll be right back after this. GGTMC live for you fresh yeah. Big Willie and the Samurai are at your service, breaking films down and turning them around, giving recommendations that are always on point, 
Visit ggtmc.com for more information. The Gentleman's Guide to Midnight Cinema, bringing class to the trash since That's the intro song of the film, Cholet. I don't have uh, the IMDb up for it. Um, I love that jam. It's my jam. Yeah. You want me to synopsize? I got it. I got it. It's loading. Um, Cholet, 1975. Uh after his family is murdered by a notorious and ruthless bandit, a former police officer enlists the services of two outlaws to capture him. That is the most succinct Bollywood synopsis on IMDb I've ever seen. Usually they're about three paragraphs long. And they tell you everything that happens in the movie. Yeah. <laughs> they're all complete spoilers. Um, but it's very uh, accurate. I mean, that's exactly what happens. If only they could have done that in an hour and 45 minutes. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, directed by Ramesh Sippy and starring lots of people that we'll get into, uh, including one of my favorites to see, Amitabh Bakchan. Um, so uh, Josh and Zom both, as I've mentioned several times on the show lately, yes. Had not seen this. This is Zom's first foray into Bollywood. Yeah. And Josh being our circles uh, Indian film expert, quote unquote. We brought it. Make sure you put those quotes in there. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, compared to most of us in this small circle we have, you are certainly more well-versed. So, Josh, if you would like to start off a little bit here and talk a little bit about Cholet and... We'll have some fun. Well, I mean, like like most of Indian cinema, Bollywood in general, everything there is about 10 times bigger than it is here. Yeah. Uh, including, obviously, we're going to make jokes about the length of the movie because it's ridiculous. Uh, but <laughs> this is, if you can't really compare Cholet to a similar classic in Western films because it's like all of them. Like Amitabh Bakchan is not, you know like a Henry Fonda or uh, whoever, Robert De Niro, he's all of those people squeezed into one. Like he's, yes, yes. he is the everything that Bollywood revolves around. And Cholet is the same kind of thing. It's like, it's like Star Wars and Jaws and Indiana Jones and all of those movies that everyone has seen. Literally everyone in India has seen Cholet. And can, most of them can quote it from front to back. Uh, what was the recent film that was very referential to old Indian films? Uh, it had Shah Rukh Khan in it, and um, but he like goes back in time or something. At one point, you see the posters for Cholet up on the yeah, the uh, Om Shanti Om. 
Om Shanti Om, yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is hmm. another, it's a really, really fun movie. It's That was actually one of the first Bollywood movies I ever, I ever saw. Uh, and it's not cool. that old. It's like 2006 or something like that. Yeah. And even though if you, it's it's full, like, front, like, from beginning to end in references without knowing any of them, I really enjoyed it. And having watched, you know, a couple hundred of these movies in the, in the meantime, I get a lot more out of it now. <laughs> yeah. Um, but it's... A couple hundred movies equals about 800 hours. Yeah. Oy. Yeah. <laughs> um, but but Shole is is the Indian epic film, and it's kind of embarrassing that I've never had never seen it until uh, I'm kind of glad I've been forced to do it now. Uh, I mean, it's like Lawrence of Arabia. It's one of yeah. those things where it's like uh, I, I really should. It's an important film if you're interested in the in the genre. But putting aside, I mean, the yeah. this movie got cut down at one point to about 190 minutes or 195 minutes. And but the true cut of this is over two hundred minutes long. Yeah, it's a good. Yeah, it's a, it's a it's about three and a half hours, which yeah, very rarely. I mean, back then it wasn't that unusual. They were about that long. As time has gone on, they've sort of tried to squeeze them down. You know, now uh, an average Bollywood movie is going to run you about two hours and twenty minutes. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. didn't you guys say like on the last show? I re- I remember you guys saying something about like. That as far as their filmmaking, it might have been having to do with special effects, but you said something like they were maybe twenty years behind. Yeah, yeah, but, but yeah, that's yeah. the way this movie. If this was made in nineteen seventy-five, it reminded me of of movies that were made in maybe the late fifties, early sixties here, with the music, uh, with the singing, and the musical, and, and <laughs> right. the, the big epic, you know, scope of it. Uh, you know, I I did see where it said somebody said that. The, some of the critics called it a curry western and yeah. when, you know i'm thinking about like the good the bad and the ugly which was you know probably like three hours long or whatever right. like that and there's i remember watching some of my friends or some people watching that when they were younger and saying god that movie or once upon a time in the west oh that movie was so long why didn't they cut it <laughs> now you watch it and you're like fuck that was so good yeah yeah and the, i mean and this this is i mean full of those references too i mean you can tell he was greatly influenced by once upon a time in the West or any of those Leone's things or, um, I mean, I, uh, I even, I, I get a very distinct, you know, seven samurai feel out of yeah, yeah, yeah. this. Such badasses. They only need two of them. But then even, even like an old school, like road picture where the, where like you have like, I'm, I, the first thing that comes to mind and this isn't really that accurate, but it's like being, Crosby and Bob Hope where there's two guys they're on the road and they're laughing and singing and having a good time and you know yeah. it, it might have been uh fucking Tony Curtis and uh you know whoever but that's what it kind it, you th- like you said it's like they take everything and they and they put it in a big pot and stir it up like a you know a, a, a nice big stew I'm hungry yeah. anyway with no curry <laughs> that's, that's why I, that's that's why they call them masala films masala, masala means, yeah, yeah. It, it means a mix of spices and and so that's why they call these movies, and they st- they still make them. I mean, nothing quite this long anymore. But they still make <laughs> a lot of movies uh, that try really hard to be Sholay or to be mm-hmm. like this generation's Sholay. Well, you know, when you're watching a movie, and and I knew going into it, you know, how long it was, but you know, you're sitting there watching it, and you think, okay, I'm going to watch it in chunks, and you watch like. Uh, an hour and a half of it, and you're like, "Fuck!" <laughs> you know, I, didn't, I didn't even make a dent in it really yet. No, it's good that it has an intermission. Yes, 
Yeah. And that's several have... intermissions uh, for me. Right. Just because I had to go to the bathroom and I, I didn't want to get blood clots in my legs. And... <laughs> but yeah. Good. Sholay uh, is, is, is the big one. So if, if you've never seen any Bollywood movies, it's, it's really the one you probably should start with. Um, and then you can hate things on their own uh, later on. But right. if you can get through Sholay, you're, you're probably going to be okay with some of the other stuff. And, and like I was telling Josh and Loaf, I mean, this movie, there's two or three uh, full-length versions of this on YouTube, so you guys have no excuse to fucking not to watch it. Yeah, go with right now. Yes. Indians, uh, we talked about this last week also, I think. Indians are notorious pirates, so if you want to find something, it's available. <laughs> they don't give a shit about copyright law. I, every time I go, the, the name of the grocery store I usually go to is the Patel Brothers, and two things stand out about this place. If you go in there at night, you'll notice it more. It is the brightest store I've ever been in. They they have fucking like 800 watt lights in the ceiling and they always have a table full of $2 DVDs of things that came out maybe like six months ago. Nice. You, you know, even better than that, the old, uh, there used to be a video rental place. Uh, they're selling off their stuff now. So I go in there once in a while and pick up a few things, but they, uh, Bollywood grocery and the Punjabi Daba, uh, place I used to go. Uh, you could go in there on Saturday morning, and they would have Friday night's opening movie, like on <laughs> on a burned DVD with the with the label scribbled on, with name scribbled on, and you could buy the movie that's in the theater the night before and take nice. it home. Yeah, the uh, the one place I used to go had a stack of burners behind the counter. The the they don't rent videos there anymore, but they had DVD Shocker. burners literally behind, so you could either rent or buy a movie that was on the shelf and you had to come back in like 20 minutes or whatever to, if you wanted to buy it. They're true libertarians. They, they don't want uh, the government telling them what to do. You know, no copyrights. So no, let, the, let the market sort it out. Yes. Yeah. Awesome. I wish we had something like that over here where you could watch movies that are in the theater. What? Which is what? exactly what? why I purchased a legitimate DP of Cholet and then could not get it to play when I got home. <laughs> Should have just pirated the fucking thing. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yes, we had some challenges even getting this movie distributed m- amongst ourselves. Yeah, so. it was a little yeah. difficult. And then, of course, like a moron, I just thought, you know, I wonder if this fucker's on YouTube. And, <laughs> and I was like, holy shit, after all this, it is. Now, I will say this, people. I, 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 much like uh, any foreign movies, whether they're Asian or uh, you know Indian, whatever, um, I sometimes have a difficult time uh, remembering who the people are by their name because it's not a familiar name like uh, Loaf or Zom or something like that. Now, so <laughs> for some reason, I made some notes, and it's just uh, people that uh, they're, they're just the one, two, three, four, five, so about six of the main people in this movie. Um, and le- I, I don't know if you guys will, but uh, like, uh, is it Thakur, the 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 main? Uh, uh, what what the jail? They call it? Did they call him the jailer? Yeah, I think that he. That was kind of how he started. He was like a like a people, a, a cop basically. A cop. Yeah. yeah, he definitely reminded me of. I could see if they remade this uh, with Mar- uh, Mario Adorf playing that part. Uh, he has the, the headbutt skills. He has the hair and the mustache. <laughs> headbutt skills. Yes. Uh, now. Um, 
the, and we won't say why he has headbutt skills because I like that right. twist in the movie. Because I'm, yeah. you know, guys that have hair like that. You, if you're going to get in a brawl, like if you're out somewhere, and some old guy that's probably, you know, in his maybe 60s, early 60s, and he's got really fucking like like Jimmy Johnson hair, where he fucking, <laughs> it's it's like looks like he's got product, and he takes watch out because the fucker, you can tell he's a headbutter. Um, now the two, um, uh, basically, kind of criminal kind of guys that uh that are the the uh, his the guys that he hires to help him right uh one of them's name is jai and jai, yes. and he he jay. yeah what is it i think jay. i think jay? Jay. jay okay i get the asian crap and this crap mixed up so it's jay um he like looked like if you took george eastman and Engelbert Humperdinck, and they had sex and had a son. Okay, and he's a good-looking that's, guy. That's, that's Amitabh Bakchan. That, yes. He's like one of the most famous Indian actors of all time. And he yeah. also wears, at the beginning of this movie for quite some time, the white uh, John Travolta Saturday Night Fever suit with a black shirt, which is pretty cool. Now, his <laughs> buddy, his his best friend, uh, bromance friend, is is it Viru? Viru. Yeah, Viru. Okay, now there was a porno guy from the 70s and early 80s named Jamie Gillis mm-hmm. and a, an actor named Victor Mature that played uh, Samson, and he also was in some uh, film noir movies. If you put those together, like if Jamie – well, I would – if I had to watch a porno where Jamie Gillis was having <laughs> sex with Victor Mature, for some reason, <laughs> I think that you would think it would be the other way around. I would rather see Victor Mature – Having sex with Jamie Gillis, like being the pitcher, because Victor Mature has one of those smiles and flared nostrils, like uh, the smile, sort of like Burt Lancaster, but he also kind of had flared, not quite Mark Wahlberg flared nostrils, but he had, and he had a shock of green, like a uh, really shiny black hair. Now, um, that's about it. well, and I thought that uh, uh, Gabar Singh, uh, who oh, man. is the sort of, and and this brings up uh, something. Uh, he he was sort of the Eli Wallach of the Magnificent Seven villain fame, and Eli Wallach just passed away uh, a few days ago. Yeah. Um, yeah. But he he sort of played that type character, the the villain that's the head of the of the bandit gang. And he, for some reason, maybe it's just me, he reminded me of an Indian version of Danny McBride. That's exactly who I was thinking of this afternoon. <laughs> yeah. was it was Danny his hair, he had the curly was, hit, yeah. the curly mullet. Yeah. Really, really, really far eastbound and down. <laughs> so that's <laughs> that's east. that's that's my major contribution to the <laughs> review of this. Movie. All right, yay! So if people can get all that straight in their head, just think of those guys when these guys are talking about it. Yes, try to imagine Jamie Gillis and Victor Mature having sex. Oh God, I got to get some pictures. I wonder if that's on the internet. It makes like <laughs> a fan. That. Fake, fake uh, fan picture of those two. Deleted scenes from Water Power. There you go. <laughs> Alrighty, people, let's get this ball on the ro- show on the ball. Show on the ball. <laughs> All right, J- uh, Josh, continue. <laughs> All right, so um, that uh, that lovely synopsis from IMDb uh, was accurate, uh, basically. And like I said before, it's kind of a, a Seven Samurai story. This. Guy, uh, Takar Baldev Singh, uh, his town's getting fucked with by this crew of bandits led by Gabar Singh. He happens to know of these two hoodlums, Jai and Viru, who are, um, you know, 
they're they're thieves, but they're not bad guys. You know, they're yeah. nice guys, and they do the right thing. They just steal a lot, <laughs> and so he decides that he's going to hire these guys to come and rid his town of bandits. Um, and they're like, whatevs, cool. And uh, then just everything that could possibly happen happens. They fall in love. There's parties. There are lots of dances. The bandits come. There are many gunfights. Uh, there's a, a woman who talks to her horse um, a lot, <laughs> like a whole lot, disturbingly. I loved how I loved how uh, how annoyed Jay was constantly with her. Like he just looked yeah. always disgusted. Yeah, every but time it's she weird because. Anything. Uh, um, now I've actually been in that situation where like your friend likes this girl and you're like, God, I would just like to fucking <laughs> judo chop her in the throat. Mm-hmm. But then his buddy, uh, uh, Viru fucking was like, he was loving it. He was like, man, yeah. what are you talking about? She's fucking got, piz- she's got pizzazz or whatever. Spicy. Yeah. <laughs> and she, and he's probably thinking all the money he could make. selling the pornos of her on the horse. <laughs> <laughs> No, I don't know. It'd, it'd be it'd be on the one dollar shelf the next day, though. Yeah, this is true. <laughs> yeah. Very true. You got to copyright that shit. Yeah, there you go. Watermarks and all that. Um, so anyway, everyone pretty much in this movie uh, that's of any consequence that has any kind of line uh, turned out to be really famous, either before or afterwards. Uh, Sanjeev Kumar, who played um, Takur, uh, was a very famous actor. Mm-hmm. Uh, Amitabh Bakchan is the most famous actor ever, um, not just in India, like around the world. Basically, it's always yeah, it's always incredible to me. Like the you know when somebody says, "Oh yeah, so and so," he's like the George Clooney of of mm-hmm. India. But it's like because of the you know their tie to Beach. England and the and yeah, it's like just like when when people talk about soccer, you like superstars. You don't realize it's like they're talking about fifty countries, not just not just one. So when George Clooney is popular here and England and Japan, but then you got this guy who is, I mean, well known in Africa and Asia and everywhere. Yeah, uh, and then uh, Darmendra, except, except here because we're right. xenophobes, right? No, fuck that guy. Uh, and then there's Darmendra who plays uh, the other uh, hoodlum, who also is very famous, and his kids uh in true bollywood fashion and amitabh bakchan's kids uh Mm -hmm. are all famous actors as well because that's what they do yeah and and not to show up amitabh who was only in a mere 200 uh, has only a mere 194 acting credits darmendra has 290 acting credits nice (laughs) in 2000 alone hang on one two three four five six seven eight nine ten Eleven acting credits in the year two thousand one. <laughs> That's almost as many episodes as the gentleman's guy has put out. <laughs> uh, yeah, and if uh, you know, if if you add his kids in there, that's got to be another couple hundred. Uh, uh, Amitabh Bakchan, his son is a big, lanky, goofy-looking motherfucker like he is, and <laughs> he's been in a whole bunch of movies. And he married the most beautiful woman in the world. So, <laughs> who's that? Uh, uh, Ashwarya Ray Bakchan. Hmm. Uh, she was in Bride and Prejudice. I don't know. She has a. She was in Pink Panther too. Uh, Better looking than Mandy Moore. Uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's close. It's a, okay, close, it's a close one. Right. Uh, anyway, um, and then uh, the uh, the Gabby girl Basanti, who who drives the uh, the horse cart, 
yes. uh, is Hema Malini, who is a very, very famous actress who I think she retired when she got married because that's what they do. Um, yeah. And Jaya Badri, uh, who plays Radha, who is the other love uh, interest, doesn't say anything the entire movie. Now, who did, who did Amitabh Bakchan marry? In real life? In real life, it's it's Jaya Badri. Uh, she's okay, she's okay. Jaya Bakchan now. His love interest from the movies, Am, um, is who he married in real life, and oh. they actually they part a of the reason together. Yeah, they part were, of the reason they, they were getting married, or or he had proposed, so he couldn't be in any scenes with any other women, or something. I Man, I don't or know, but something the, like that. Was she, they the part of the reason this movie took this movie took two and a half years to film, and part of the reason was because she had a kid, one of their kids. And was pregnant with the other one during the filming. <laughs> during the taking whole... care of business. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, and she's she's a politician now, uh, because that's another. Hey, we don't real... wait a minute. We don't talk about politics on this show. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. I don't understand any of it anyway. All I know is that uh, in, in India, in India, because the whole country is so fucked, it's so corrupt, uh, and everything is going wrong, and every fucking policeman's on the take the majority of people uh, mostly in rural rural areas where they have they call them single screen areas where they just have like single screen theater um they really look up to people on movie screens as heroes and they don't call them movie yeah. stars they call them heroes like the hero of this movie is this person and so what's happened is a lot especially in southern india but some in northern uh, like jayabadri is that the people push these actors into politics because if they can get shit done in movies, they can obviously get shit done in life. You know what's stupid about that is I can't imagine like an actor becoming president of the United States. Uh-oh. Think about how what? <laughs> it's well, so close to happen. Anyway, I think she just got reelected. Um, but uh, so she's really famous, and then um, Amjad Khan, who is Gabar Singh, I just think played scumbags for the rest of his career. <laughs> Look at it. They dirtied up his teeth very well. Yes. Unless those were really dirty. You know, it's entirely possible. <laughs> I, I believe dental, uh, the dental industry is uh, probably about 50 years behind. <laughs> it's, a pair of, it's a pair of pliers. Yes. <laughs> oh, it's that fucking uh, betel nut, man. That ruins people's mouths big time. Now, what is that? It's it's kind of like it's a di- it's a different it's just an herb like a, a tree leaf but it, they mix it with other things but they, they you can choose betel leaves or whatever but it's like chewing tobacco but it gives I remember you, it, Kevin Sullivan talking about um I can't I think it was like he was talking about when he was doing the satanic thing and he chewed on the betel nut and the, and and was was uh like meditating and he saw i thought it was like something that made you high or something the way he it, it, well, it kind it, of, it, yeah well they, they, they call it pawn it's okay. uh it's a it's very very common and you can get it here it's legal i mean if i go to the the indian or indo pack grocery stores i can get pawn like no problem yeah um but it is it's it's like chewing tobacco but they do it does have like spiritual components hmm. Because uh, that's how he got the vision to um, to try and destroy Dusty Rhodes. <laughs> Bakchan Bakchan chews it a lot in the movie Dawn. Oh, Dawn uh, is so good. Hey, yeah, there's a whole song about they, it. Maybe that's why they just start singing out of the blue. <laughs> yeah, there's a whole song about Pond in, in Dawn. Yeah, with one of my favorite nope. uh, jolly fat men in, in movie history. 
I'll be honest with you. I ride motorcycles and I've never had like my friend on the back of my motorcycle. And we like started standing on the seat and dancing around. And while we both lived life, he wasn't really your fucking friend. All right. Yeah. You haven't lived life yet, though. (laughs) There you go. (laughs) Super best friends forever, motherfucker. Yeah. (laughs) The song about how awesome being friends is. That's all. Yeah. Some people. uh, I I like, I like that scene. They're very, it's, it's 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 happy go lucky it's it's but it's it's cool because what it does it's like throughout the movie they get more and more serious yeah. it's like mm-hmm. at first they're just kind of like rap scallions by the world. end they're like fucking like the the wall of justice you know mm-hmm. well you know I, I think you said that on the other show um that a lot of the men would get up during these movies during the musical parts and go like Smoke a cigarette or something like that. Yeah, I yeah. thought they were. I, it didn't bother me a bit. Other th- other yeah. than when I was thinking, God, what could they cut out of this for the length? You know, I would probably be like, okay, well, they probably could cut it. But still, when I was watching it, I thought some of them were. They were pretty funny. Yeah. Like especially mm-hmm. the motorcycle, the sidecar coming apart and then coming back <laughs> together, and and uh, just all kinds of you know when they were trying to uh, like uh, uh, like when a guy tries to uh, act play the clown or whatever when a girl's there mm-hmm. and they're swinging around on some vine or something and he's trying yeah. to impress uh, the, uh Basant, basanti or whatever the talk this so much this film does a better <sighs> job with most you'll see these days in incorporating the music into the film like it feels like part of the storytelling as where a lot of the times now it feels like they're just like music videos yeah it's better than like yeah. paradise alley yeah <laughs> <laughs> But that that scene actually, uh, Ye Dosti is one of my favorite songs. And one of the weird things about this movie is that, you know, if you talk, if I, I'm a high school teacher, if I talk to, you know, a 14 or 15 year old kid today about a movie that was made in 1975, they'll look at me sideways. They have no idea what I'm talking about. But at the same time, I have uh, a lot, like I said, a big immigrant population where I live. And some of those are from South Asia, Pakistan, um, you know, Bangladesh, Sri Lanka, India. And if I, I have a lot of Bollywood music on my iPod, I play it during, you know, breaks in, in, in school and stuff. And if they hear songs from this movie, they immediately know what it is. Nice. It's, it's, it's one of those things that it, everyone has seen. It's not just, you know, people of a certain generation. This is one that follows. It's a cultural touchstone for everyone. Yeah. So I can play Ye Dosti, that song with them on the, on the motorcycles and everybody's like, and the kids will be like, Oh, I love that song. And kids from other countries. I have Pakistani students who love it. I had a, a couple of uh, immigrant students from uh, Ethiopia who were like, Oh, I love that song. So no shit. Uh, yeah. This is like uh, about, Hey, America, but I know fucking kids that are my <laughs> niece's age that, you know, now she's like 16, but they know every word to fucking every song in the movie Greece. Mm-hmm. And you're like, what the <laughs> fuck? You know, that's, you know, but so, you know, I guess uh, sometimes catchy tunes, you know, especially when your parents are playing them around the house. Hey, I knew every word to the fucking <laughs> soundtrack to the movie Clam Bay. <laughs> I still do. <laughs> epic, epic voicemail to the gentleman's guide back Damn in the Damn right. <laughs> uh, and what? One, one thing that is worth noting is that that scene, uh, that song, was actually recreated in a recent movie, the, the motorcycle song, recreated in a recent movie called Yamla Pagla Divana 2. Um, 
<laughs> nice. That starred Darmendra, who is now looking pretty fucking haggard. Cause yeah, he got he gained some weight. Yeah, uh, and he I don't know how I'm fairly certain he's older than than Amitabh Bakhtan by how much I don't know, but uh, he was born in 35. Yeah, and Amitabh was born in 42, so not that much, seven years, but he's looking it. Amitabh and, looks great still. Yeah, <laughs> he, he's and, sporting the gray goatee and everything he's in, but some right, guys he, just got it, you know. Uh, but Darmendra is in that is in this new movie with his sons. They did a couple of them, but he recreates. Yed Dosti with Darmendra and an orangutan. And <laughs> it is was the best part of the movie. Him nice. singing about how awesome it was to be super best friends with an orangutan. Nice. <laughs> Who later plays, uh, later does Kung Fu in the movie. So yeah, seek Fuck. that one out. All right, I'm going to, what's that one called? <laughs> like I'm going to be on the Pagla right. Divana 2. Uh, you can probably find it on YouTube. Hey, just send, <laughs> send, send, send me what it's called. Yeah, just send it to me. <laughs> No, the name uh, of it, not the fucking movie. Well, I wouldn't want to do that. Right. <laughs> right. Ooh, Hasselhoff. <laughs> what? All right, where were we? I'm lost. Uh, motorcycles. Uh, awesome. Uh, the Vines, also awesome. Um, <laughs> yes. And there's a whole... Here's, here's where I think the filler comes in. Uh, and uh, there's a lot of stuff that most people consider filler. Having watched mm-hmm. so many of these fucking movies, I have a little bit more uh, lax criteria for what the filler is. But all the 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 shit where they're showing their backstory and the jail the jail stuff the jail stuff is pretty much filler. Um, a lot of the stuff fucking... with this. Other... Oh my god! How about that fucking little dude with the Hitler mustache? The, yeah. yeah, well, he was, he was <laughs> channeling Charlie Chaplin's dictator. Exactly. It was still. Fun. I mean, it was so ridiculous, but it was. I still fucking laugh just because when I look at Hitler, I'm like, that's funny. Uh, but yeah, that all the stuff that happens before they actually get to Romgar, the the town that this is set in, they really could have done. A, with well, a now did you the, just? I can't remember. I know you just said something about maybe like flashbacks. There was a couple of times where we were so far into the fucking movie that I didn't really feel like they needed to flash back all the way to where somebody had to put black shoe polish in their fucking hair to look <laughs> You know, it's like, okay, man, we're already on the way. We've already had some back the backstory set up with uh with uh Gabar Singh and and why there is this, you know, vendetta and I at first I I didn't, you know, cuz he um uh, Thakur tells the two numbskulls, uh, you know, <laughs> I'll give you all this money if you capture this guy. Okay, now, you know, don't kill him or whatever. I just want you to capture him. And, you know, I mean, I know that there's stuff that goes on. There's a reveal and everything. But even I kept thinking he was going to. Well, I don't know if I want, but I like he wanted to bring him to justice. Yeah, like yeah. he was mm-hmm. the kind of guy that was like, okay. But you know what? Some of those prisons uh, in India—if these were any indication of how they really are in real life—I mean, the, if if like you got arrested over there, the chances it wasn't like Midnight Express where you know you're in there for years <laughs> and you know you found or Papillon or something. It just seemed like if you had any like a, a little bit of. Uh, ingenuity and uh you could you could break out probably in like a day or two yeah yeah it was definitely uh they had uh 
porous walls in the prisons in this movie. Yes, if you don't die of dysentery in the first six hours. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, and and we we have uh, you know of course they had to throw in a um, a stereotypical gay prison uh, every time. You know, he's like, ooh, you know. I was like, oh, really? <laughs> <laughs> now, the co- the flashback with the train I thought was really cool. Oh, that um, is some excellent. Uh, now, uh, the, some of the, now, can I assume that they weren't as, um, as uh, careful? And it, it's not quite uh, like a, um, uh, what's the movie like? Uh, oh, Jesus Christ. Uh, the fuck. Uh, the 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 uh, it's not quite Indonesian like as far as them like killing yeah, stuntmen and shit. I'm gonna I'm gonna guess stuff. they yeah I'm gonna guess they did not have a a, a union for the stunt workers yeah. in the, in or this the movie. Or, or the and, or, uh, or the horses or stunt yeah. workers. There was one horse roll. Now usually you know I've seen and I know they did it in America too, and they finally uh, and and another you know modern countries where they used to do the nose dive of the horse. That was like a yeah. big thing the stuntman would do. And there was one in this one where the horse goes nose first, but it goes like its back legs come completely over instead of going <laughs> nose first and then kind of the, its ass coming sideways. And I was like, man, I can't believe that that did kill that horse, which kind uh, of, like, that's kind of gross. Yeah, there's there are a lot of pretty gnarly uh, uh, horse falls. Yeah, this, um, but that's that that whole train sequence is good, and I mean that's that's a that's a a flashback that was fine on time, but uh, and yeah, you know, there's quick there's a, there, there's some really good set pieces there with the um, the conversations of them having you know about bravery and supporting things to break the law and uh, the whole. Uh, I love the bit with the oil drums and the and the shovel full of coal is pretty awesome. I wonder, do they still um, use um, like steam powered trains as much as the? Because it seems like in in like the movie Gandhi or in this movie and a lot of movies that you see that take place in India, they're one of their major forms of transportation was like the steam engine trains, and the people would ride like on the, especially when the British were occupying it. The, the, all the all the native people would ride like on the tops of the trains. I think it's largely electric oh, trains now, now but but, uh, but trains are still a huge method yeah. Of transportation. And you and you hear about people that still that ride on the roof and they get shocked to death and stuff when oh, they touch the God. You know. It's such such a poor country that they have to have that kind of yeah. uh, you know public transportation, or no one would get anywhere. So yeah, it's it. Trains are still, Trains are still, still a big, big thing. Yeah. They just made a movie about them last year. Can I? Nice. It's all about trains. Um, now, is, I, I guess the uh, the uh, festival of colors—that's a real thing. Oh yeah, yeah. I've never heard of that. It's a big one. Fun as hell. If you uh, well here where I am. Uh, Every year, it's around March. I don't know the dates. I think it changes every year. Um, but holy is it's there's some big religious meaning. No one really knows. Even the kids and uh, a lot of the parents don't know what the festival means anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, they just throw parties. You you go grab this. It's like powder, colored powder, and you just throw it at people. <laughs> throw it back at you, and you put it in. 
the the scene, the flashback, one of the many flashbacks, where we discover the young girl used to talk, uh, yeah. that Radha used to talk, that like pipe thing she's carrying, uh-huh. as she she's running after after the the, the carriage with like a pipe like a super soaker. That's what it is. It's a super soaker, and they fill those with water <laughs> and color and spray you with them. Nice. <laughs> Uh, so it's basically just a day where you can go fuck up all your friends. Yeah, see, I, I, it's, it's uh, holy is ce- celebrated at the approach of vernal equinox mm. on the full moon, sometimes February, usually in March. Um, the vi- the festival signifies the victory of good over evil, the arrival of spring, end of winter, and for many a festive day to meet others, play and laugh, forget and forgive, and repair ruptured relationships. Yeah, and actually, uh, if if the listeners are interested, a couple of years ago, I wrote up a whole big post about Holy on Twitch, some of my favorite Holy moments in movies, because it's one, you know, with all the colors and the, the action, it's a really good thing to film. It, yeah, it, and the, uh, the song's good in this one, too. That's a good scene. Yeah, and Bure, I... Uh, Bureau in saying. white, he's playing and singing around with Basanti, and... Uh, and and Jai dressed in black, of course. Now, what's the term? What's the uh, nickname they gave uh, Bakchan around this time, where he because he played the same kind of role over and over again? But the well, he was angry. He was angry the angry young, young man. man. Yeah, yeah he, he played the angry young man until about 1990, uh, when he was about 50. Then they kind of cut him <laughs> off and started started making him somebody's dad. But he was the angry young man <laughs> up until uh, a movie called Agnipath, uh, which was made in 1990, which was Basically, a uh, a '70s looking 1990 ripoff of Scarface. Nice. Uh, that's pretty awesome. Um, and uh, after that, they kind of figured he was a little bit too old. <laughs> so he grew the go- gray goatee to look even older. Yes. It's like 40 year old yeah. Steve McQueen playing 15 year old Nevada Smith. Now I'm 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 wondering if did you think you think Bachchan's had like hair work because that dude still has an amazing head of hair like there's not a a hint of well then re- I need to find there. out where he went fuck him up now <laughs> uh, you know I don't know I I think his hair is probably his I I don't think the color's his well no uh, the color's not he has fucking highlights in it all the time but uh, but yeah I I, I don't know I, I refuse to believe that a hair would dare fall from Amitabh Bachchan's head. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and so actually when I, I was doing this, I just found it, uh, this little column on holy in movies, uh, I asked, uh, Anurag Kashyap who directed gangs of Wasipur back when he was on Twitter, we, we would communicate fairly frequently what his favorite holy scene was. And he, he said that holy Kadin, which is the, the uh, big party that gets interrupted, uh, in the film and, uh, in Sholay was his favorite holy scene. And it's kind of hard to argue with. Because it's got an awesome song, and then gunfire. <laughs> These guys could fucking shoot. I'll tell you that. They and uh, fucking Mario Adorf guy uh, Thakur, he could dodge bullets really well, especially on that train. Like somebody be aiming right for his head, and and but they didn't they say that he actually <laughs> got shot or something, or almost got shot? Were they using real bullets? That later in the movie, yeah, during the bridge scene, apparently. Uh, uh, Who the Bok fuck Chan was he? Used real bullets. Well, I guess they couldn't afford the little explosive squibs on rocks, so they had to bounce was them it the, off. Was it the same guy? Probably the same guy that uh, gave Brandon Lee and John Eric Hexum their guns. Yeah. Oh. Ouch. Sorry. Too soon. Oh wait. 
<laughs> but that's the thing. You know, I'm sitting here saying that shit, like about the horses rolling or 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 something like that, and then I think, okay, well, yeah, that's uh, Vic Morrow. How about shit like that? I mean, we mm-hmm. do the same thing here. Yeah, yeah. It's not like these are these poor savages that are so stupid, you know. Nope. Yeah, all for the book. Yeah. Well, and they, they like to be able to brag that they did all those stunts. And in fact, a, a few years later, uh, Amitabh Bakchan was making a movie called Cooley. Um, and he almost died <clears throat> doing a stunt. He, uh, he was fighting some guy and somehow got jabbed in the stomach. And Jesus. he was in the hospital for a very, very long time. And the uh, Prime Minister of India declared a national holiday, went to go visit him. <laughs> uh, How could actually, they declare a national holiday when, St- when uh, Stone Cold broke uh, Stallone's back and Expendables? <laughs> See that just show that just shows you even our biggest stars compared. To, that's like in wrestling, you know. People say, "Well, so and so, you know, John Cena or Hulk Hogan or whatever." Hey, they never did the shit uh, like with uh, they did with Santo in fucking Mexico. So yep. in some of these countries, like you said, these guys are they transcend everything. I mean, they're like, oh, yeah. you know, icons and not just like uh movie icons or wrestling icons or whatever. They they are national treasures. Yep. That's why we're going to need an explanation. Yeah. Why uh why do we not have a holiday for you yet? And in fact, in the movie Cooley, in the scene because they left it in the movie, the scene where he gets hurt, they stop the footage and put a big uh, Chiron on the screen that says this is the scene in which Amitabh Bakchan was almost killed. Jeez. Oh, <laughs> and then it continues rolling. And then oh, they finish yeah. the scene. Uh, As they say in wrestling, it's hey, it's good for business. Yeah. <laughs> leave it in. So now everybody wanted to go see Cooley because they know that Amitabh, Amitabh Bakchan almost died making the movie. So where were we? Um, <laughs> we're not really going in order. Let's see. We, we, we skipped a holy, but we could talk about... Uh, um, well, we can skip the prison escape with the Hitler warden because that was stupid. But uh, <laughs> my favorite part. But no. the uh, we could uh, let's see, we could, we could talk about Gabar Singh uh, making an appearance because that was I love his intro. He's his, a butthole. Uh, yeah, he is a butthole, and um, he, um, he is he is the butthole, and he's he, a sadistic motherfucker, even with his own men. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and the, I love that. I lo- well, that's how you first see him yeah. is is <laughs> getting after yeah, getting after his these three dudes that, that was a long failed fucking in something. Laugh fucking thing. It just <laughs> yeah. went on and on and on. I'm like, what the fuck? Because I sensed that something. Because you know, you knew he was a baddie, and you knew he was an asshole, and but they all just kind of started he started laughing and then it's it's like you know they were like oh the boss is laughing ha ha ha, ha. but i was like fuck uh, that was they, brutal they um so these this this band of henchmen had wandered into town uh to go and get their money or their wheat or whatever they were there to get from the that they always stole from the the town's folk and um the uh, jai uh, jay and uh, and and Viru chased them off. Um, they had a plan for it. I think they were stationed around. And but um, uh, uh, Gabar is he's pissed. He he's not he's not happy that only two guys r- ran off his dudes. So and I love his intro because you see all you see of him. You hear him talking. Uh, you see just his boots pacing around on rocks, and he's dragging this like 
bullet belt or this, mm-hmm. uh, uh, what are those things called? The bandolier, bandolier. I guess. Mm-hmm. He's just dragging it on the ground behind him. And um, I thought he was going to whip him. I thought it was going to be like a free bird country, Von Eric country whipping match. <laughs> but it was, it the, was like a, like you said, like a bandolier. He, he's got some amazing lines here. It's like, uh, uh, when he holds up the gun for them, threatening them, he's like, this gun now holds three lives and three deaths. Let's see what they get. And he just spins it and closes it and like shoots each, like clicks it on each guy's head. That was and, a bit um, like, um, uh, Indio in, was that a few dollars more where he was kind of like, uh, the charismatic leader, this guy though, I know they said that they weren't sure that they wanted to cast him in this part because his voice was like too high pitched or something like that, but he did a good job. I mean, it's just yeah. like he mm-hmm. he, he kind of like you said, kind of had that Danny McBride kind of look. So he wasn't like you know, <laughs> he had Indio, a little bit of the belly, yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. or Eli Wallach. More, eh, but like you said, they're mixing guys together. So when when you're watching it, you can sit there and say, "Hey, this kind of reminds me of this," but it also reminds me of this. But yeah. he was definitely, um, I don't. I, I don't know. I guess maybe that's why you shouldn't join a, like a fraternity. Yeah. <laughs> he was evil for the sake of being evil. Oh, I he's mean, a there jerk. Was, there was no winning for him. I mean, it's like, yeah, he got food and stuff from the town, but what other reason did he have just to, then other than to torment everybody that was there? And he just had fun doing that, I think. Yeah. that's And that's one of the things about Indian films in general is that you, you got to be, I mean, there's there are very few uh, shades of gray. Like, you're a white hat or you're a black hat. Yeah, you know, and this and this movie is kind of unusual in that you know they they grab a couple of uh, hoodlums off uh, out of out of prison to to do the the dirty work, but you know it's the hats don't come much blacker than than Gobar Singh's. Yeah, the, the um, fear, but the, the I mean the the first half is just kind of like the back and forth of of jay and uh, and viru fitting in um you know you got jay seeing um radha uh, uh, wearing all white and she never talks and you get a little backstory there and yeah then, as soon as he saw her he was like boing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and he always plays the harmonica uh he's got the biggest harmonica i've seen <laughs> <laughs> yeah that thing was like one you get at the fucking like miniature golf course for the tickets it was like comically <laughs> big but um the um you know with god you get the intro gabar you get some um i can't remember if the background of gabar singh was in the first half or the second half but we're getting close to intermission um but the you know the first half is just setting them up you got flashback kind of setting up the two of them and then fitting in a couple back and forth gunfights of everybody kind of feeling each other out and and um, and them kind of being tested a little bit as far as Okay, are you still? Are they still criminals? Or are they because mm-hmm. you know, especially like uh, seeing what was in the safe, yeah, and yeah. kind of being like, you know, okay, uh, what should we do? Okay, well, we gave mm-hmm. this guy our word, but let's get that fucking money and get the fuck out of here. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and the and the Takur's backstory certainly could have been um, trimmed a little bit. Um, he does have that great line, Gabar saying, "This is no arm. This is a noose." Yes, trying to like I choke love, the shit out of Gabar awesome Singh. Awesome for like to see in a in an, either a movie or a wrestling. I would love to <laughs> use that noose. on somebody when I'm like doing that to him. Like <laughs> no, it's having sex, and you're like, "This isn't my arm. This is a noose." <laughs> <laughs> but the the uh, the cinematography and the holy uh, scene with all the shooting stuff. But I, I, lo- I even like that a lot. There's a lot of crane shots in it, a lot of tracking shots. Um, 
even some a couple shots from the carousel itself. They have a big fair, like a Ferris wheel or a Ferris wheel and a carousel set up in the uh, mm-hmm. in the uh, in the like town square. I guess it is. It's you really know, just but uh, as far as him saying this, this isn't my arm. It's a noose. If you're gonna say something like that when you're in a fucking like brawl or or fighting for your life against somebody, and it sounds really cool, you better fucking take that fucker <laughs> out because that would be like you know. <laughs> Saying this isn't uh, this is my, uh, not my dick. This is a noose because then if if anything ever happens, you know that guy's gonna come back and like do something to your dick. <laughs> yeah. Yep. <laughs> yep. Um, but then you know that's that's how the first half ends is is, is Takor's backstory and like his shit with Gabar Singh and yeah. why he's hired them and blah blah blah. He was a jerk. He was. But uh, I figured this will be a good time to take a break so we can talk about the second half of the movie, um, the intermission, if you will, Daddy, and. Um, yeah, we'll uh, we'll be right back after this. Are you tired of film podcasts where the hosts exist in a constant blissful state of agreement? I mean, the main the main characters are two of the dullest main characters I have ever encountered in any film. Well, you're in luck. Let me introduce you to Chinstroker and Punter. One is an ex-film student with a penchant for David Lynch and art cinema. The other is a man on the street. Listen in perplexed and horrified terror as we tear apart one film a week. It just really is. It's isn't. not visually striking. No. I just just getting confirmation. It's just in English. That's the third time though. I mean, am I, is this on? You can find us at csvsp.libson.com. So come and share the victory. If you could fuck any man in film, who would it be and why? My answer is Lance Henriksen. Oh. You, you wouldn't tell. He looks like somebody. <laughs> He looks like somebody who can keep a secret. That might be my favorite song in the movie. That's a great song, and one of the most sadistic things I've ever seen on film. That's <laughs> so fucked up. That's the that's the dancing yeah, dancing uh, on glass scene song. If you didn't remember. All right. Um, so yeah, we're back for more Cholet. This is uh, the second half of the film. Um, I guess Zom, you can talk a little more here since we're getting closer and getting more broad in our our opinions of the film. Well, um, these dudes see, you know, I think that, uh, the, you well, know the, what, the way it's, the way it starts to kind of refresh you is the, um, 
It's this start essentially starts uh, with the with Jay and Viru heading towards um, Gabar's camp now, and he has that party with the the belly dancer and the that sort of thing. That was kind of odd because there the when I was watching that, I kept thinking that that belly was that a dude. <laughs> no, I don't think so. No? no, okay, because I thought it was one of the when I first watched it, I swear to God, I thought it was those two guys in disguise, and the big George Eastman <laughs> guy, Jay, was dressed like the belly dancer because it didn't look. <laughs> it, it, I thought it looked kind of tranny, sort of. I think it was actually a band of gypsies that deal like sell them their guns. Well, I wouldn't want those gypsies to come and dance because <laughs> I didn't find them that attractive. Um, but <clears throat> those guys, I, the thing that gets me is they, yes, they had, they were uh, daredevils and adventurers, and they had really good skills. They could shoot like a motherfucker. But still, like we said before, the Magnificent Seven. Okay, there were seven of them against like 40 fucking bandits, and that was bad enough. There's only two of these guys. <laughs> and not only that, but then along the way, they know that they're going to uh, go and do this shit. But they're so carefree that um, they like get involved – uh, now, do you think were these guys were they just players? Like every was this like a deal where every town they went to, they would uh, like. Well, the one guy even said he goes, "Ah, uh, I want to, you know." Uh, uh, um, uh, Viru says, "You know, I'm I'm want to get married. I want to marry um, Basanti," and he's like. You've said that 15 times in the last fucking week about different <laughs> girls. So, but, but, you know, they develop, it's, it is just like the, almost like Magnificent Seven, where they do develop an affection for, you know, some of these people, although the villagers weren't much help. Um, but no, the villagers don't want them there anymore. Yeah. yeah they're kind of like, cause they guys, keep, yeah, cause they keep, they keep having the back and forth. Well, uh, they're like, you guys keep, are, you guys are cooler than everybody in the village. You're you're emasculating all the men. You're wanting to fuck all the, the the hot chicks, and you know, come on, dude. You know, we'd rather give our rice up than you know give up the the, the fucking hot chicks, and you know, have you guys walk around swinging your dicks all day. Now, I did think that there was, uh, uh, it was kind of odd because things were were very serious, and there was a lot of of killing and stuff like that. And then when they did the. Um, the uh, you know the uh, festival of callers or whatever it was like all of a sudden everything became really light uh, just from like one harsh scene to that and then that kind of went to shit but um, I did like um, some of the interaction with with the girls where um, I have to keep picking up my paper where Victor Mature Jamie Gillis uh, Viru where he was <laughs> they were trying to convince the one girl into uh, marrying the other guy, and and the guy was like up behind something with a, like a uh, talking through a, a can, a, yeah, a can, and he was like, was he was he pretending to be? Is was it Vishnu? Or, I don't remember which god that was. Which god it was, was, but he kept saying, you know, you need to marry her or him, <laughs> and you need to give up that pussy, and blah 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 blah. blah. <laughs> so anyway, she was like, what? Oh my god, okay, I better give up that pussy. Um, but those. <laughs> <laughs> you, you, you. The the thing about keeping a lot of this shit straight is, is it's hard. It, it wasn't you know just linear because uh, they did they jump back. You know they'd go uh, forty five minutes 
in real time, and then they jump back, and then they go back to the, to to the uh, you know real time, and then jump back again. But um, they you you have um, I'm trying to think when they show there was one battle, and was that during the Festival of Colors where you get the reveal of um, uh, Thakur because. After. Yeah, after okay. that, after that fight, because they're you know uh, they they get pinned down, and at least in this movie, now I know they do shoot a lot, but at least when their gun runs out of bullets, they'll see another gun laying on the ground and pick it up. So <laughs> instead of like Expendables, where they must have been walking around with like four hundred pounds of ammunition <laughs> each one of them, but they do do that, and they and they get to the point where um, uh, Jay. Runs out of ammo, and they they basically they they get the drop on him, and they're they're like you know okay we know there's two of you guys here somewhere so where's the other motherfucker at so they get the, it shows the camaraderie and the and the friendship and the love between the two guys because you know he's like as soon as he says okay if you don't come out I'm gonna shoot this motherfucker so he comes out but um, the entire time. Um, when they first started showing uh, uh, Takur after, or is it Thakur? Thakur. Uh, after um, he catches um, Gabar Singh and puts him in prison. Okay, the entire time after that, I was wondering, but I thought, no. You know, I wonder what's, there's something wrong here. <laughs> something, you know, but... It, it, I, I don't know how to because I don't want to give it away. Yeah, but, it's a good reveal. I mean, yeah. the quote unquote special effects are a little weak. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but <laughs> but, you, but you, you get go the idea. With it. Yeah, if you you know you kind of yeah, just suspend disbelief and go with it, and it's kind of like, well, this is like kind of kind of different. It kind of reminded me of like a, a Johnny Depp kind of a thing in uh, Once Upon a Time in Mexico, sort of. Yeah, yeah, and um, but so that really has um. Jay and Veru, they're because they're like I said, everything's kind of lighthearted. Even the even the shooting and everything, they're so much better at at you know getting out of situations and fighting. Whether it's brawling, because they could kick ass with their fists too, man. They beat the fuck out of some of those guys, and but they <laughs> they could shoot, you know, and everything. But even when that shit was going down, they were still kind of. Uh, enjoying themselves and then when they sh- they do the reveal and they do the flashback to what happened which was i mean that was fucking a a, a brutal thing right yeah. there mm-hmm. but um the one thing about that is is you had two different situations in this with with Dakur and with uh Viru where they go kind of berserk that we they used to have an X Men game at the arcade, and when Wolverine would go berserk, they'd be like the Ripper Barrage, and they go nuts, <laughs> and they go off on their own. Like I'm gonna go and I'm gonna kill all forty of these guys by myself. Well, that's not that's not sound strategy, because no. more than no. likely you're gonna end up with like what happened to uh, Thakur. Um, yeah, and the Ta- yeah, and you, and that's that's one thing I like about the two of them is they they they're they're good friends, but they're almost like opposites at times, like. Yeah. Jai, Jay uh, uh, Bakchan, he's the he's just cool all the time. He never really kind of lays around with his gun stuck down his his pants. You know he didn't yeah, have to wear on. 
he's like trying to take a nap and he wants he wants Basanti to shut the fuck up and he you know mm-hmm. but and Viru has he goes he where you know Jay's kind of like level his his line goes right down the middle the Viru is either goofy or he'll just lose his shit yeah. and which uh, in it's, some it's, ways though w- with Viru and Thakur they had similar reactions to a tragic brutal event and 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 he almost ended up in the exact same having the exact same thing happen to him mm-hmm. and th- but that was cool because that's when they did the uh the the dance you know where they were making the chick dance uh now if this would have been um like an uh, not an not an indian movie uh i think they would have done more to that chick than make her dance uh but like you said <laughs> yeah. they really don't have like this show sex and stuff like that so yeah, they're like yeah, yeah. dance bitch and they don't say dance bitch i threw that in there because i thought you know it's be kind of <laughs> that's what i would say you know, dance bitch um <laughs> but he makes her dance you know and uh yeah, that was pretty grueling uh and um but when jay shows up it was just cool as shit because he is you know, like like you said uh viru kind of he doesn't have the awesome coolness he's right, he's right. a badass but he's still you know he doesn't have that quiet uh the quiet cool of a George Eastman slash Engelbert Humperdinck. And, um, <laughs> but now in the one part where I did like also, like I said, I, I like in movies where they show um, like guys getting ammo, like, you know, okay, we're going to run out of bullets and Viru uh, just right before they go on the lamb to try and get away from all these guys, he grabs two big handfuls of, of rifle bullets and sticks them in his shirt. Now, mm-hmm. My, uh, they wouldn't stay in my shirt. They'd either probably go down my pants while I was running, or they'd fall out, or you know they get like underneath my love handle and like rub me raw. So anyway, uh, and and there was a there was I I always when I see this in cowboy movies or and this is basically a western um, yeah. when the guy runs up behind a horse and like vaults up onto it by like leaping up, putting his hands on its ass and just bouncing. How the fuck do you do that? I would just run right into the ass end of the horse. You don't and have the a horse trampoline. Would probably kick the shit out of you. Yeah, kick the fucking shit out of you. But now, um, the, throughout this, there's one thing that runs throughout the whole movie that I forgot about until just now is uh, Viru and Jay uh, are constantly they live they live by the seat of their pants and by the flip of a coin. And so mm-hmm, there's yeah. several times throughout this movie where it's either about getting some pussy or whatever what they're going to do in whatever situation. They'll flip a coin. Do we want to help this guy or not? Blah, 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 the blah, co- blah. The coin flip for that chick on the side of the road with the motorcycle yeah. dance. Yeah. Yeah. And she, yeah, well, uh, and I'll tell you another one that was. Uh, and it lands on the side. It was stupid. Yeah. When, uh, <laughs> um, yeah, that was fucking stupid. But it was funny because, I mean, you know, it kind of goes with the movie. But when uh, Bas- Basanti, uh, she had her wagon with her, with her, uh, f- uh, longtime companion horse. When those guys were chasing her, and she was uh, driving the wagon, that was some good stunt work shit too. Oh, uh, with the uh, with the one wheel, the one fucking wheel was like Jesus Christ, you know. And uh, I'm surprised she didn't get really fucked up when that motherfucker turned over. But when, the the thing on the bridge, um, that was just a classic old school western 
idea where mm-hmm. it's like, okay, we can only, you know, take the girl and go, no, no, I can't. I'm staying here with you. And I liked the fact that we saw something. At least I did. I don't know. I'm sure you guys did too. But <laughs> when, uh, when Jay was running, they, the girl, uh, uh, the girl and, um, Veru uh, ran behind the rocks at the end of the bridge and he comes running and it leaps and you see him get shot in the leg. But when he leaps for cover, you see something else, but Viru doesn't see it. And he goes, are you all right? And he goes, yeah, I'm okay. And I was like, no, he ain't okay. (laughs) And, uh, and, uh, but I like that where he wants to stay with his friend, but he also has this woman who he's in love with and they do the coin flip there, and you're like, God, you know, I was literally sucked into the movie right there. I was like, it's a, it's a, it's a great. That, wanted that to get whole, back. You're like, God, mm-hmm. I, you know, God, God, come on, come back, because he starts getting low on bullets and, and the dynamite thing was pretty, you know, pretty cool. Yeah, that 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 whole the whole bridge scene, the the um, the climax scene there is is has always been well done, and and, and you know, it's a little. It's a little melodramatic with the going into the relationship of those two of them, yeah. and, but I mean, it kind of it's kind of the name of the game. It, it was like if Iceman and Maverick were in that same situation. You <laughs> yeah. can see that. Yeah, yeah, and the, a bit of the you know, there's a there's a lot of melodrama sprinkled throughout this whole thing. I mean, Takura's story, his backstory is definitely um, they put a, they put a thing in there with this blind priest and what happens with his son. Um, with his whole like debate of violence versus nonviolence, and you know, I mean, there's melodrama all throughout here, but it, you know, it it sets that stage early, so it's not like you know, it's not coming out of nowhere, and it works well, I think. And I, I've always liked, I've I've seen this movie three or four times now, and that that scene is affecting. It's it does it does a, a good job of showing how true how truly close these guys are, and how you know they've been through a lot of shit. And um, I, I thought that scene was was well done, and in, in the tension it builds with the action and maybe or maybe not the real bullets was uh it's good the whole last 15 minutes really are very emotional yeah. in this movie yeah um josh do you have anything um no you guys have covered it pretty well uh, okay. just a little bit to go back though that uh stepping back to the the scene where they're in the camp and they have the uh the gypsy dancer mm-hmm. the uh Supposedly, uh, trainee gypsy dancers actually, <laughs> uh, Helen, uh, who is another very famous, uh, she wasn't an actress really. She was just a dancer and not a uh, tranny. Yes. Not, uh, a tranny. not a tranny. Uh, she's in, she's in Dawn, which we talked about earlier. Nice. Um, she's the one that dances for Amitabh Bakchan in his room. Um, which is a very, another very famous dance. Um, but yeah, that last, that whole last 15 minutes of the movie is it's, you know, your man tears are just bursting, <laughs> bursting forth. Like you sh- just loves his friend. He just wants to save his friend. You know, it's, yeah. it's, it's, it's pretty intense. You don't see that much in movies these days. Everybody's just trying to out muscle each other. And yeah, there's nothing yeah. wrong with a little melodrama. I mean, you know, Jesus Christ, it's fucking expendables movies. There's no fucking, I mean, <laughs> Christmas and fucking, uh, you know, toll road and that shit. I, I don't, they don't give a f- fucking shit. You know, if like, you might um, you might dig Don Zom. It's uh, in that one, Bakchan plays two roles. He plays this really badass, like a uh, uh, criminal, uh, like gangster head. But uh, 
the cops still need to infiltrate the gang, but he he's arrested but dies in captivity and they find this really goofy guy also played by Bok Chan who looks exactly like him and they dress him up as the gang leader and send him in to to uh infiltrate the gang nice. to help them yeah so they so, so they don't realize that their leader is dead but and he does a great job in it because he's like goofy and dancy half the time and then the other time he's like trying to be the badass and it's it's one it's, of my favorites and it's full it's of exploding cool. briefcases and backflips and it's just amazing <laughs> and there's this one guy in a like a jumper coverall sort of thing prawn uh, he's amazing too uh the uh, the outfits are 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 incredible i need to see agni path that does look good agni path is pretty sweet uh the remake okay. actually i liked even better but the 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 original with with Amitabh Bakchan is really cool i like the not to give anything away but you know you're you know from the beginning uh of this movie that you're gonna i mean in in any old western which is this is set up in the same style of mm-hmm. you're gonna have a showdown you're gonna have yeah. a showdown bet- between between charles bronson and henry fucking fonda at the end of once upon a time in the west you know that from the fucking very beginning and you know that in this movie and um I like that even though it was a physical battle um, that what to me won out was um, that the hero, and I'm not going to say who it is uh, that's involved in the, in the final, uh, final battle, but that his, he was just the better man. The other guy was cruel he was a, a a total asshole who ruled by fear and everything, but this guy was um, all around. No matter what, even being um, can I say like half what some people might say <laughs> half a man? Yes, uh, yes. He was still it. His heart and his and. And you know, just his drive and and who he was as a as a person was just it, it, he was just the be- the better man, and and I love the the part in the fight because when the fight starts at the beginning, you know, it's kind of toe to toe this and that, but there comes a point in time it's it it's almost like they did a poor job of it, and I go back to Expendables. Uh, two with Van Damme and Stallone because Van Damme's beating the shit out of Stallone and they don't show the transition where Stallone comes back. It just goes from one scene where Van Damme does the big kick a couple of times and he's got Stallone beat. And then the next thing you know, Van Damme's got this look on his face like, oh shit. Whereas in this one, they're going toe to toe, but you see the other guy, the the villain, you see him start to kind of I wouldn't say crumple, but he starts to see the he, look he, in this guy's eyes, and he's like, <laughs> "He realizes, fuck they, I mean, a I, duck. I might have, I might have fucked with this guy. Yeah, the yeah. jig is up. I, uh, my, all my bullshit, bravado, and everything. Uh, I, 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 you know, he fucked. He's like, oh shit, I fucked up. Yeah, yeah. And I love the fucking shoes, the the fucking oh uh, yeah, the, yeah. The curly, oh yeah, yeah. See, I wish I had a pair I'm, of those. We can we could talk about that a little bit because now Zom, you watched the original intended ending. So this this film does have two endings. Um, Sippy originally recorded a filmed a, 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 a violent end, 
um, to play into those shoes that you're talking about. Um, but the censorship board, which has a lot more control, obviously, in India than it does in Hollywood, um, did not. They, they thought that it was too violent and that it would. Um, well, I won't say the other the other parts. That's not to spoil anything. But they didn't like the violence at the end, so they they changed it up a little bit. So for years, the the ending was one way, when in fact the the original intent was to have it a more violent ending. And, they changed um, and just have a dance off at the end. <laughs> yeah, with a with a uh, with a conga line and <laughs> and a uh, uh, what's you ain't bad, you ain't nothing. <laughs> <laughs> when you shimmy under the pole, what is that? Limbo, <laughs> limbo, yeah, limbo. Um, but the so if anybody does do to our review, check this out for the first time. I do implore you to figure out for you know find the alternate ending. If or, or find both endings and see what the difference is because it, it's an interesting change that they made. I mean, yeah. it, it play it it really changes the feel of the second half of the film almost entirely. Um, the, the second half being obviously much darker. I know there are there are kind of goofy things that happen in the in the second half, but it's it's not as carefree as the first. After the whole holy scene and the and and Takur's flashback the the film really turns darker um viru isn't as nearly as goofy except for the you know different the part with him in the water tower which i think could have been cut out entirely but yeah and they said that was like actually somebody actually did that that's why they put it in there that that was oh, like really? an actual event that happened because I mean, nowadays, if you did that, the bit, the, or I'm sorry, that was the the girl. <laughs> <laughs> She'd be <What>? like, <laughs> you, 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 I mean, you know, that shit doesn't work anymore. Well, I don't know. I had I had a girl that I knew, and a guy. Um, um, she was married, and I think he was married, and they were they were fucking, and he left his wife for her, but then she pulled the old switcheroo. It's like, oh, I don't know if I can do this. You know, I got a kid. I don't know if I got to leave my husband. And he threatened to kill her and kill himself. He said, you know, it was one of those deals where, like, if I can't have you, nobody, nobody can. And that sealed the deal for her. She said that that showed that he really loved her. And so she left her husband and went with this guy who, huh. and he hit her with, like, with a flashlight and shit. A red it's like, flag. What the fuck? Yeah. You know, but I mean, yeah. You just can't do that. You can't the, get on a water tower and fucking, you know. He was drunk too, man. I, I would have, I'm surprised he didn't fall off the fire. I wonder what that was he was drinking. It was clear. It was that, that could have been totally cut though. That, yeah, it could. And, yeah. uh, but I mean, I think a lot more could have been cut from the first half than the second half. Yes. Um, but the, uh, there's an awesome scene where they are starting their, their comeback against Gabar Singh's group and, uh, I love this like deception thing they do with the letter and playing oh. dead. That was really that was a cool little twist there. And the, they there's even shades of peck and pie in there with the slow mo edit editing for people dying. Um, but the uh, the 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 stagecoach light scene with her horse cart was really that was really well done. Um, there's this line another line from Gabar Singh where he says, "Don't act so high and mighty, or I'll scratch off this beautiful skin." <laughs> it's like fuck. Um, you hear me? Yes. Okay. You're good. Now this thing has a button on it. And I think I muted it. Oh, oh, oh. I've been talking um, for ten minutes. 
<laughs> but <laughs> the um, you know talking about his lines that I did I read I, this is probably all on Wikipedia I read it somewhere that the Gabar Singh like his 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 role his lines were so popular and this film uh, on there too I, this film didn't get good reviews at first mm-hmm. and it took people doing like word of mouth. And I think in Om Shante only talked about how long this movie ran at this one particular theater, how many years it yeah. like, stayed playing. But uh, literally, I mean, like if a movie makes it three months now, you're like, okay, it's, I, I can't believe this movie's not on DVD yet. But <laughs> you know, this 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 thing played into the '80s in some theaters. So, um, but they would sell cassettes of Gabar Singh's dialogue, or even like the dialogue of the movie, so people could like listen, just listen to him talking and like. And people st- apparently still use quotes from this movie just in, in normal vernacular, um, which is pretty crazy. I used to I used to tape record, and I know you used to do this too. I used to, uh, Zom. I used to tape record this Incredible Hulk cartoon and maybe even the TV show. <laughs> I don't know why, hey, but listen, I would listen to that the was Incredible uh, Hulk. that was our pre VHS days. Yeah. I used to tape wrestling, and I would listen. And I'm not just the interviews. I'd listen to the fucking matches because if the guy that was calling the matches, if he did a good job, yeah, you know, you yeah. could kind of picture it. We were so weird. But uh, it's this is a it, the movies. I mean, it's it's too long if you want to complain about anything. And ah, um, it's not too long. It's just. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it could be trimmed down, but it's a good, uh, it's it's a great time capsule, and it's a good representative piece of the just Indian cinema history. Um, you know, it's it's it shows. I mean, it went it apparently went way over budget, but it shows how to make this kind of movie probably on a much smaller budget than a similar movie would have been made in Hollywood at a, at the time, certainly. Oh, yeah. um, and it's. It's a, it's like we were saying, a cultural phenomenon. It's, it's, it's an important movie. I'm surprised, honestly, that there's not been a big, and then maybe it has something to do with 8,000 people holding the rights to it and all the bootleg <laughs> shit of it and everything, but I'm surprised that it hasn't gotten some kind of, you know, Warner Brothers or Criterion or I'm whatever. I'm surprised that Shane treatment. Black hasn't fucking remade it. <laughs> well, you know, I, I, you know, um, Criterion has just started putting out those Indian, uh, the Satyajit Ray movies. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I'm thinking, you know, those movies are going to be safe. Those, those are fine. This one actually just got a theatrical re-release in January in 3d, which in, sounds really fucking stupid. However, <laughs> if you, they, they had a, for years, I mean, this is, they've been working on this thing for years and for years on YouTube, there's been like this little minute and a half or whatever long test clip mm-hmm. uh, that's in stereoscopic. So if you have 3d glasses at home, um, of some of the stuff, you know, mostly the train stuff, you know, yeah. train busting through things and, you know, logs flying at the screen. There's one point at which uh, Dr. Orr, uh in the flashback sequence with the train where he's trying to decide if these guys are going to help and he sh- shoots their, uh, uh, their handcuffs to each other and he shoots the handcuffs and so they're free, right? And it shows like the bullet coming, you know, at the screen. Um, or whatever. Oh, okay. But, you know, apparently this 3D thing, like it, a lot of my Indian friends here were just salivating because they thought they might be able to actually get to see it in, <laughs> in theaters. And in fact, never, never played here. I've been trying, yeah. I've been like trying to get in contact with a person, with someone to let me screen it here because, you know, I can get a lot of people in the theater for that. 
Um, did it review well? Because I know it didn't sell well. Um, the 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 remake, the three D, the three D re-release. I, I, I read somewhere that it didn't like do perform as well as they hoped, or no, no. But you know, when when you three D anything, it's gonna suck. And, and the other thing is, is that uh, even though this is a, a like I said, so much of a cultural touchstone, a lot of the people in that the, the audience for Bollywood movies these days are, you know, uh, upwardly mobile, you know, sort of Indian yuppies. And they yeah. try to uh, be as Western as possible. And so this is sort of a reminder of who they were, you know, even though this, this exact shit doesn't still go on. But there are still a lot of movies that follow this, this, uh, this formula. There are a lot of movies about some little town out in BFE where some dude rules the whole town and, you know, there's these treating people like shit. That that happens and they make lots of movies about it. And in fact, these days, the original ending, <clears throat> I get the feeling the original ending would have been just fine because they love torturing bad guys. In movies. They have no, <laughs> no qualms about that whatsoever. Yeah, yeah. So <clears throat> I, I get the feeling that... Uh, if that had been the case now, then then that alternative where the you know it's a less violent ending would have been they that wouldn't have tested well, you know. Right, right. <clears throat> Excuse me. What was the name when you were saying that the little town thing? The oh, Bilu, Bilu Barber. Yeah, that was that. I remember that. That maybe when you talk about the little town, that one reminded me of that sort of. I liked that movie. Mm-hmm. Bilu Barber, uh, Rowdy Rathor that just came out a few years ago. Um, I need to see the not Bollywood cut of that. The what was it Tamil or Telugu? Telugu. Okay, same. I need to see the Telugu version ber- because the I don't, I was kind of disappointed with the same director as Ega, shockingly enough. They uh, do they now you said that do they actually uh they actually have a you know not like a, a not quite Hollywood documentary. Do they have a not quite Bollywood documentary? I don't think so. I've funny, a like funny that. story about that. Actually, one of the uh, one of the film festivals that I'm in contact with, because not many people cover what I cover, uh, is uh, the Melbourne Indian Film Festival in Australia. <laughs> and one of the programmers down there had actually contacted me a few years ago about helping to write something like that. Because hmm. it's something like I mean, even with it, uh, not quite Hollywood, that was a, that introduced me to a lot of Australian oh, yeah. movies and made me want to seek them out and watch them. And like with this, you know, it, it would you know definitely if they showed some clips and talked about certain movies, you know, it would mm-hmm. whet your appetite to go and find, seek them. Oh, movies. and there there are a bunch of those now. There's there's not quite Hollywood. There was Machete Maidens Unleashed, which was the one that was right after that. There mm-hmm. was uh, he's making the one about canon movies now. There's a Kung uh, Fu one out there too, I think. Yeah, there. I mean, there are a bunch of those, and I, there are enough movies from you know Sholay forward. Basically, this was one of the first big action movies uh, from India, and then up through like the early '90s, there mm-hmm. were a lot of just really insane big action movies. Like that. a lot of them starred uh, a guy named Mithun Chakraborty, who's um, just oh, he's sort of awesome. <laughs> he's awesome, and he's he's a uh, you know. Disco dancer. If you ever get a chance to watch Disco yeah. Dancer, it's not. Um, a, I gotta, sh- I gotta show you Gunda sometime. Gunda, <laughs> one dude that only talks in rhymes. There's like, there's, there's so many just really amazing, insane movies out there. They just because they make so fucking many movies every year. I mean, they yeah, make yeah. like, a, I don't know, two thousand movies a year now, and there were eight hundred or something a year coming out back then. And you know, you gotta sell them somehow. 
Yep. And explosions did it. Because they couldn't show tits. <laughs> or kissing on the mouth. <laughs> or kissing on the mouth. You gotta I like something. tits and kissing on the mouth. <laughs> I like kissing on the tits. Uh, that's a little too gentle. <laughs> okay. How about slapping the tits? No, nah, I don't like that either. I don't okay. like that. That's I don't like that at all. I don't like when they they show guys like doing shit like that, like where they fucking just like yeah. slap them and shit. I mean, that's what the ass is for in the face. <laughs> Let's get into our ratings of this. Zom, do you want to start? Um, I will start and rate this movie. Uh, <laughs> uh, let me think. Okay, even though it was long, I and we laugh about it. It didn't bother me that much because, like yeah. you said, it's not like um, we're sitting in a theater and you can't watch uh, like an hour and a half of it, pause it, come back to it, whatever, or an hour and watch it in, in chunks. Um, I like the old schoolness of it because, like I said, it, it took me back to some of the you know kind of 50s, early 60s movies and, and also the epic feel of it. It hit me uh, – pretty good as far as like uh you know uh even though it was melodramatic it's still i i liked that it made me feel and made me care about these guys because i thought they were funny and cool and and good guys and uh and some of the shit you know bad guy you, you make the the good guys good and likable and <coughs> the bad guys total assholes it's it's not um Modern day wrestling, where you have the tweeners. There's no tweeners, which is great uh, because you know who's who and who you're supposed to root for. Um, I give this an eight point seven five. Nice, because it's something new to me. It this has opened me up. I want to see more uh, Bollywood movies now. I've never that's, seen any of them. I was going to ask. And that's that's the answer I was hoping to hear. That's and cool. I thought it was really good. And Josh, I'm also curious to hear what your rating is on this because Dude, since like, you had not seen it as well. <laughs> yeah. Which, since, since you have a different background here. Yeah, no, I... Uh, Two. I'm, <laughs> Two. I'm, I'm going to have to go big on this one. This is definitely 9.5 turf. Nice. Uh, the length uh, does not bother me at all. Uh, I've watched longer movies uh for far less payoff um (laughs) and you know it's it's it has a lot more emotion than i was expecting you know i I connected Mm -hmm. to the characters much better than i expected to and that was one of the things that i was worried about because so often in movies like this you just don't give a shit um and they don't uh a lot of the time in, in modern Bollywood and Bollywood back then, they, the characters, like they'll have their romance stories and then they'll have their action or comedy stories or whatever. And they don't mix well, they don't like interconnect. So it feels like you're watching two different movies when, when scenes shift, but with this, they managed to put everyone, they have all that stuff separated, but then it all comes together, you know, somewhat naturally with, with the, uh, the, that sadistic dance scene at the end, um, bringing her into that, uh, you know, finding out where people's weaknesses are and exploiting them. Uh, I, I think that it, it really, I'm very sad that I haven't seen this seven more times. 
<laughs> well, hopefully your DVD starts working. Yeah, no shit. Um, the <laughs> I, I'm I'm with I'm right with Zom. I give it an eight point seven five, and this I have seen this several times. Um, the it's still emotional for me. I love the I love the glass dance, and I love the last fifteen minutes with the bridge and everything. I think that's it's it's well done, and something we didn't talk about a whole lot. I mean, I really like the soundtrack to this because, I mean, there is traditional. Um, in like Bollywood sounding music in it, um, like well the point the one that I played for break w- with the dance, but the um, some of the the score where it's like a hybrid of like spaghetti western and Indian mu- music at the same time, I thought was really cool. Well, in the opening um, titles where you played the opening the opening title music over, over the yeah show like that sounds like a Riz Ortolani thing. Like it sounds like something that could have been in you know one of those. Uh, uh, spaghetti westerns mm-hmm. and so it's really it's a really good cultural mesh like they knew what they were doing even though no one else seemed to know what they were doing for a couple of years yeah and that, i thought that was that, that was a really cool part for me too because I, I i constantly noticed the score um with the with the strings and the and the the spaghetti western sound but then the the traditional sounding drums and what other instruments they would use in the indian music as well so um but yeah, I give it an eight point seven five. I, I don't know if I said that already. I, I just, uh, it's still impressive to me, um, and I've, I've I've revisited it several times. So definitely, definitely worth seeking out. Yes. Um, and you can find it probably. I mean, honestly, even the DVDs that are out there, as long as they have English subtitles, or like Don was saying, you can find it on YouTube. Yeah. The the way this movie was filmed, it it was the first Indian film to be seventy millimeter but they still filmed it 35 but left it full frame so yeah. that it it was just cropped down to the 70 millimeter like size or ratio um but the uh the full frame that you'll get it's unfortunate that it's not cropped but i, I it seems to have the full picture in it there's too much on the top and bottom, but I don't think they've cropped in on the sides for the full frame. No, actually, when I, one of the things that I did notice is when I watched it on the DVD, it literally watched uh-huh. it like 15 minutes, it is full frame on the DVD, but then I rented it from Amazon, and it was widescreen on Amazon, and all the stuff that's missing from the widescreen is on the top and bottom of the picture. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, and I, and I, watched a, I watched a more recent full, I mean, uh, widescreen crop of it so and like and, and i compared with the alternate scene at the end i compared a fight between two people and it seemed like everything nothing was like chopped out like oddly like you know with kung fu movies especially with fights you'll see like one dude just off the screen entirely at sometimes and that doesn't really seem to happen so don't fret too much if you have a widescreen cut of it because it's kind of how it was filmed anyway built yeah built. yeah yeah so yeah, um, that's the that's the epic review of the epic Cholet. Um, I guess instead of taking a break, I'm going to play a couple little feedbacks here, if you guys are all right with that, and then we'll wrap things up. Feedback! <laughs> Feedback. We got a couple old ones sitting around. Um, we'll play this one first. Hey, here we go. This is Avengers Dilla. Now, this week, you guys are reviewing some kind of fucking Bollywood movie, you know? But you're doing some kind of shitty Bollywood movie. That was never fucking heard of. The fucking Bollywood movie you should be reviewing is called Kajaji Ushk from 2009. 
fucking the greatest action Bollywood movie of all time. You know, let me set the scene. There's this young fucking guy trying to be a stuntman in Hollywood. You know, he's not doing so well. So he goes to a guy who knows the fucking what it takes to become the greatest action fucking movie ever. You know, of all time. <laughs> fucking comes to me, Sylvester Stallone, you know, I fucking talk to him about muscles and fucking tattoos and, you know, all the stunts that I've done, you know, I fucking do all my own stunts, you know, because I'm that fucking kind of guy, <laughs> you know, that's a Bollywood movie you need to fucking check out, you know, let me say that again, it's called Casual Ushk <laughs> from fucking 2009, you fucking guys will love that shit, you know, it's got me in it, you know, how can you not, you know? That's all I gotta say, you know? I fucking make sure you fucking research all the proper movies before picking one next time. That's the fucking Sorry, Sly. greatest fucking action Bollywood movie of all time. <laughs> Gadget Ush. 2009. Ush. I still don't understand what movie it was. <laughs> what do you. I, yeah. It sounded good. That movie was Kambakt Ishk. Okay. An Akshay Kumar movie that actually did have a... Wait a minute, that doesn't sound like anything like what he said. Are you <laughs> not, sure? Not, not at like, all, but it did have... Use the it, context clues. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I like Akshay Kumar, actually. He's really funny. Uh, but that's that's the movie. He's in that. I think Kylie Minogue is in it, too, or something like that. Kambakt Ishk, that one? Kambakt Ishk. Hey, what's I the deal with that. Kylie Minogue and her sister? Do they hate each other? What? <laughs> I was just looking her up today for some reason, and apparently it said something about her and her sister and yeah. the secret be- be- behind their feud. Oh. She had Here, a sweet play, let's, ass. Let's play one more. Oh, hell yeah. Old Stokehold Steve Austin hasn't called in in a little while, but he had to call in because he's finally catching up on his movies. You see, on episodes, he's been out filming movies, so he's been missing and going episodes, but I'm getting caught up, and I just finished listening to your wrestling episode with old Flask alone talking about Paradise Alley. And let me tell you something. First and foremost, Stone Cold's a little pissed off that you keep reviewing Stallone movies, that slice of bologna sandwich Stallone movies, but you haven't reviewed a damn Stone Cold Steve Austin movie yet. Friends. All right, I got a, quite a few movies out there. The package with your buddy Dolph Lundgren. I've, I've said it before. Why aren't you revealing Stone Cold's package? Does Stone Cold got to kick you in the package to make it happen? What? But back on topic. Oh, Stallone, you see, I've never seen Paradise Alley because I can't believe Stallone as a fucking wrestler. I broke his neck, which means he can't be in the wrestling ring. So, look, I'm not going to take up much of your time like that bullshit cinematic Stallone. All I'm calling in and say, you guys are doing good. Keep up the good work. Review some Stan Cal movies. Yeah, I'm not even You can just review one and pair it up with whatever the hell you goddamn please uh, with some hey. Wes Anderson bullshit, Grand Boot Pest Hotel in the package. That's a good double feature. I should be in Wes Anderson movies. They should make Wes Anderson was actually going to direct a movie about my life, but then they wanted to test that Jason Schwartzman fellow with Stan Cal Steve Austin. I said, eh, eh, and I had old Wes Anderson with a stunner, and then he went on and made Moonrise Kingdom. I think I played a part in that film. I'm just saying. But yeah, so review some Stone Cold movies. Stallone, slice of bologna sandwich, go fuck yourself. You ain't a goddamn <laughs> rough. You stay out of the room. And uh, uh, yeah, keep up the good work. Oh, hell yeah. That last part well, was actually be, pretty good. That might have been my favorite Stone Cold. Uh, he morphed into Stone voicemail. Cold instead of uh, 
<laughs> Stone masochist or whatever. <laughs> Sound cow. Um, hey, they have cool. a bundle on iTunes, uh, a two-movie bundle in HD of The Raid and The Raid 2. Oh, damn it. I already bought The Raid on iTunes. Eh, I don't How know. How much is it? Nineteen ninety nine for both of them. Uh, I wonder how much Raid Two is by itself. I heard That's somebody a- say Raid Two wasn't that good. I liked it. You liked it. I liked it, it right. better than the first one, even though it was too long. Maybe it was anyway. Will. I think Will didn't like it. The guy from the uh, the what's that it other, called? Uh, Cult G, of Muscle. The GT. Oh, right. GGTMC. Okay. Um, you can always send us feed sacks to 206-339-1600 or silvagoldpodcast at gmail.com and find us on iTunes and Stitcher and our website at silvagold.com and join our Facebook group, maybe, at facebook.com slash group slash silvagold. Raid 2, $14.99. Uh, that'll go down. Yeah, Let's I'm going to wait. Um, That's what so we can, uh, Let's see. The, uh, whoa. The, um... Yeah. Next week on the show, um, we're going to try to get a guest on, um, Wendy from the Trashy Trio, and we're going to do a couple uh, incestual-type films. Uh, the Dreamers, uh, Bernardo, Bernardo Bertolucci's The Dreamers from 2003, and 1991's Close My Eyes with uh, Alan Rickman and Clive Owen. So that'll be fun. Um, yeah, it'll be fun. Josh, thank you very much again for coming on. Uh, Two weeks in a row. He stepped up to the plate. Really appreciate your insight this week. That was a lot of fun. And uh, let everybody know again where they can uh, discover you and such. Uh, You can find my writing at twitchfilm.com. That's pretty much it. Dog agrees. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Perfect. And I, I I do need to get a list of you of, D, of some uh, DVDs I can uh, buy on the cheap or stuff I can look up uh, some good uh, Southern Indian films. I need to I need to get back into the swing. Definitely do that. So um, I guess that's it for us. Uh, anybody else got anything else this week? I'm good. Popkus. Nothing. Well, until next week then. This is a loaf. Oot. Azam. Oot. Josh. Oot. Bye. Ah.